welcome to episode 111 of Terrorvision Horror Podcast. Uh, this is our more relaxed bit discussion about horror movies and the horror genre. I'm one of your hosts, Jennifer Strand, and joining me is our very own limb collector, Dan McGuinness. Good morning. Uh, this week, I'm going to take a bit of a backseat on Dan's ultimate deep dive into the Hellraiser universe. Dan is going to peel back the flesh and penetrate the novels, comic books, Clive Barker's lore, and of course, the film franchise, as he tells us everything he knows about Hellraiser. That is my clarity. It's everything just I know about yep. that. Now, the Hellraiser lore and story. Now, I'm not going to get into, you know, the how they made the films, directing, Clive Barker's, like, you know, inspiration for this scene. It's just going to be about the story and lore. And the reason I'm doing this is because I decided that I'm a Hellraiser poser. You're not. No, okay, I am. Okay. I've been a Hellraiser poser for years. I have loved, like... I have loved Hellraiser 1, I've loved Hellraiser 2, I've watched like 3 and 4, but at that point I'd never really read the novels or the comics or anything like that, or any of the other films really, and I, and I, I realized that that, that's not a fan, just like, that's not, no. It's a fan in your own way. So I went into like deep hibernation and I decided I was going to immerse myself in the lore of Hellraiser and I thought, yeah, I'll just look into it. I went way too far. My research went so extensive. So I have a, like a, what I prepped for this episode is I watched all 11 Hellraiser films. Um, then I watched the documentary called Leviathan, Story of Hellraiser and Hellbound um, Hellraiser 2, uh-huh. um, which is a documentary apparently about Hellraiser and Hellraiser 2. I watched this. It was just a whole bunch of actors wanking each other's dicks. Yes, of like course. Like going back and forward. And then, you know, they were going through Hellraiser, saying all these things. There was a couple of little dits and dudes in there. There was like cool things like, you know, they said that Clive Barker like, got the team together, uh, the crew to watch a real cadaver get skinned in real life. Yeah. And um, they were vomiting apparently, but like Clive Barker was really disappointed at what it looked like <laughs> in real like life. That. Yeah. Because he's got a fear of flayed people and that's yeah. why so much of it is in his stuff. Because, you know, like like me, I'm scared of the aliens, uh, the grey aliens, so I watch lots of films about them. He's the same with his writing. Yep. Anyhow, stuff like that. There's a couple of tidbits that were kind of cool and stuff like that. They show you how to make the monsters and stuff. And then it got like, you know, it got to finally, I really wanted to know more about Hellraiser 2. It finally got to... You know, they they said we finished f- filming Hellraiser one. We we were given a budget for Hellraiser two, basically halfway through filming Hellraiser one, and um, and you know we got to work, and then it goes, the end, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Sure. Like the the movie is called the story of Hellraiser and Hellraiser and Hellbound Hellraiser two, and all they did was mention Hellraiser two. But the whole the whole documentary is called Leviathan. They didn't even use the word Leviathan once in the whole documentary. Sure. The two hour documentary or whatever it was. And I was like, oh my god. Anyway, I did that. Yeah. I also prepped I read all three Hellraiser novels. Now now you're gonna say there's only two Hellraiser novels. I'll get into that. I'm not saying that there's nothing. I also read a story from the Books of Blood called The Last Illusion, yep. um, which will come up later. I also read every Hellraiser comic from 1984 till present day. Um, yep. And I also um, I also read The Book of the Damned, Volume 1 to 4, yep. which is a Hellraiser companion that they did. 
And I also read the comic um, Hellraiser, uh, the Nightbreed Jihad comic, it's called, which is the Hellraiser crossover. Yeah. It's also a Nightbreed comic. So that's what I did. Um, this is the most work you've ever put in to, to an anything episode. <laughs> in my <laughs> to life. Anything. This is crazy. Like, you have been so excited to do this episode for, I know. for weeks. I know. And now I'm sick, so I'm going to scare my voice. You're gonna... sick again because we had to sort of postpone because you were sick. Yeah, that's why we've been... Like... And then you're still kind of sick now. But, <clears throat> you know, look, we're here. We're doing it. You're very excited. I'm excited. So what Hellraiser terms should we know? Before we start this whole endeavor. Yes, there are some things that I'm just going to loosely fling around some terms and people will be like, what the fuck is he talking about? There are some that people will know and some people don't, but I'm assuming you don't know anything about Hellraiser, Jen. I know that there is a movie, a bunch of movies. I Look, Hellraiser's not my jam. I do thoroughly enjoy rewatching the films every time we do. Um, I read Hellbound Heart ages ago. Yeah. That's about as far as I go. So this is kind of... This episode is like a almost like a getting ready for the Clive Barker HBO series that's going to come out. Clive yes. Barker finally has wrestled back his rights of Hellraiser yes. over for what was it, 15 years he's been trying to get them back or something. He's finally went to court, wrestled them back, and he's like, I'm going to do a Hellraiser show with HBO set, in, you know, I think it's set straight after number two. Sure. And he's ignoring everything. I'm like, it's fucking my dream. So yeah. I'm like... Let's get on this. Let's get everyone up to fucking date on this mm-hmm. shit. Let's like mm-hmm. go hard because I I reckon there's a lot of Hellraiser poses out there. I know that. It's not a bad thing. Are it's you just calling a, poses out or are you just being like... No, no. I'm one. I was one. Like, I, it, it, I'm not saying it's a bad thing at all. It's just stuff can get past you these you days. You don't have to call it poser. You could call it casual fan. Casual fan. Does yeah. that sound better no, than I like poser? poser. I you funny. like poser? I can just, yeah, it's pretty poser. big. Okay, so my first term that you have to know is Cenobites. Yes. So the Cenobites are extra uh, dimensional beings who are, who are mutilated and brainwashed into tor- into torturing humans for all of eternity in the labyrinth. Yeah. Um, that's probably not going to make any sense either. That will come up. Um, so all Cenobites, we have to know, were once a human. Yeah. Um, except for Angelique, who is a... Pure Cenobite born from the flesh of Leviathan. Um, that'll come up later as well. <laughs> um, so they're all from um, a religious... So the Cenobites are from like a religious sect within hell yep. kind of thing. And the, the religion is called the Order of the Gash. So not only do they work for hell, but they also independently are a religion based in hell called the Order of the Gash, which is... Which is the hardest thing to get your head around. Once you get your head around that, you understand it a bit more because you're like, why are they doing these certain things? It's because they have a belief structure sure. that that is separate from their God. Well, it is their God that they, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they have created do- their own dogmas, but like their God doesn't necessarily, you don't have to abide sure. by them. It's real cool. Anyhow, so those are the Cenobites. Uh, the other thing is the Lament configuration, a.k.a. the Lamarchian configuration. Is that how you say it? Lamarchian? Lamarchian? Yeah, but French... you say it with a really French accent. Lamarchian. Yeah, there you go. That's not French at all. <laughs> a.k.a. the puzzle box. Everyone yeah. calls it the puzzle box. The golden black and wooden box. Um, so by solving this puzzle box, the victims summon a gash of centibites. So a gash of centibites is usually around four, and there'll be like a leader one, like a priest. Uh and then once you've called these Cenobites 
to you, they appear. They get pulled out of hell. Like they basically got if they're doing the dishes, they just get zapped straight out of hell, like kind of thing. And they're like, a lot of times, because you'll see in the films, they're like, like you summoned us. What do you want? Or yeah. Um, they uh, once they're they're summoned, they look at you, they sum you up, and they uh, work out whether you are worthy of either two things of of becoming a Cenobite, yeah, from like how you've lived your life, or whether you get sent to the sent to the hell or and to the engineer yeah um and the engineer no no if, if you are worthy of being a cenobite they send you to the engineer yes and he turns you into a cenobite yep. if you're not worthy you are trapped in hell for all of eternity they actually send you to the labyrinth which is not part of the pit or they said in the in the in the thing or you just vanish Sure. Now they've got a bit of a moral compass kind of ish. So like if, if someone who is, let's say someone who is a special needs accidentally opens the box, they're not going to be like, well, yeah, they well, deem that person. That's not- where the order of the gash kind of comes in. They yeah. are just like, so they're, they're kind of told what they have to do. They get summoned. Yeah. They make the assumption for Leviathan whether they should become a new uh uh, a Cenobite, which is kind of like his henchmen, soldiers, and they run the labyrinth. They do not run the pit. The pit is AKA traditional hell. Yes. You know, you die and you get sent to the pit. But like the labyrinth is a representation of the mind, of our minds and pleasure and stuff. We'll get into that. Yeah. So that's when you get pulled into, like with the box, and the, uh, that is a separate part of hell kind of thing. Okay, my next thing is Leviathan. He's my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Leviathan is the god. He is the unholy cosmic entity um, that is obsessed with law and order. Mm-hmm. So he is a giant, uh, what is that? What is that shape? It's not a diamond. It's like a, oh, it's a three-dimensional diamond. It's got a word, you know, like a dodecahedron or whatever. It's not that. It's one of those words. Yeah. He's a giant one of them floating above the labyrinth. Um, he, and he runs hell. He is the god to the Cenobites that they worship in their religion, the Order of the Gash. And, yeah, as I said, he is obsessed with law and order. He views humans, uh, the human realm, as uh, flesh, uh, and flesh to him is chaotic and wrong. Yep. It doesn't, it's not orderly how flesh works and how God's made it. So he uses the Cenobites as his, like, foot soldiers in his war against the chaos of flesh. <laughs> so good. <laughs> sure. Um. Yeah, and uh, he runs the labyrinth as a separate party. He also has these beams that come out, black beams of black light. So he spins in these lights. He's like he's like a uh, a fucking uh, like a disco ball. No, no, no. He's like <laughs> he, he's like a lighthouse. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. With the lights coming out both sides, and if you get hit by this hell, you with uh, that this uh this black mist, you relive every sin you have committed in in that moment of your life. Oh and damn! Your, and all your guilt. And then it passes by and you're like, oh, fuck, that was shit. <laughs> <laughs> so he is this giant fucking god that runs everything. Yeah. Um, he's very cool. And then the, the the fourth thing is actually a character called Harry Damore. So Harry Damore is, um, he is an occult detective. So he is basically John Constantine. Sure. Yep. He is, I don't know who came first. I should have looked that up. That would have been like real, real good. You're just imagining John Constantine as this guy. He is a normal detective on, in, in, on Earth who has, you know, basically run into, like, you know, the Cenobites and stuff so many times that he's become, like, an occult detective. 
he is not just purely from the Hellraiser universe. He is from his own universe. He originally... Um, so he originally appeared in a short story called The Last Illusion, uh, mm-hmm. which was in the Books of Blood series, uh, which is uh, an anthology of Clive Barker stories. Uh, that was the first, you know, um, incarnate, in, you know, of uh, Harry Damore. Then he, um, he appeared later on in like other prose stories. Like he's in, he is the main character in the Scarlet Gospels. Yep, which is the third Hellraiser novel. Uh, he also appears heavily in Boom Studios' Hellraiser comic run. So there are two Hell, uh, comic runs. There was Epic in the eighties, which was is a sub uh, sub um uh, a sub uh, uh, imprint of Marvel. Yes. So it was basically Marvel, and and Boom then took it over later on. Um, he's also um, in he's also in the comic book adaptation of the Great and Secret Show, which is a Clive Barker novel, which got adapted to a comic book and he's in that for a, a, a little bit as well and yeah and he's also the main character of the 1995 film lord of illusions which yes, i think we've done we it? have done that yep yeah and um he's played by uh what's his name in that that guy who played the punisher oh i can't remember yeah anyway um so harry damore man like I, i'm surprised he's not more of a household name in the horror community like considering he's been through so much stuff and my dream is that he is going to be a, um, a fairly main character in the Hellraiser TV show. Oh, my God, that would be so good. My other dream and one is that Tiffany will come up quite prolific in the Hellraiser uh, TV show. Anyhow, so they're the terms you need to know. Right. Are you understanding? I am understanding. I'm good. You Listeners, feel like you've already learned more than I you I have. Well, I've already learned this stuff, so. Yeah, because I say it to you every I know. day at lunch. It's great, and I love it. I like. I just like how excited you get. Yeah. Anyway, so we're gonna first we're gonna uh, delve into the book universe. Now, what the point of this episode is, apart from doing the lore, we're also gonna look at the canon of the universe, as in what really counts as canon, and also the differences between the universes. So, mm-hmm. as in the book universe, the novels universe, the comics universe, and the film universe all tie into each other, but there are also things that don't. Yeah, and you are very passionate about this. You are very passionate about the canon. Well, yeah, I I, I just feel like. If something doesn't feel like it's canon or isn't canon, it just feels like it's useless. Yeah, that's true. Anyhow, first novel I read, The Hellbound Heart. Uh, first by Clive Barker. It was, it was first published in 1986 by Dark Harvest, which is like a, what are those, like British, you know, science fiction, horror magazines. Remember magazines used to matter? Yes, I do. And it was a part of its Night Visions anthology series. Ooh. So that was when it was first published in 1986. But then later on, it got published as a paperback in 1991. So, I mean, I'm not. I, I will get a little bit into it. So, if you've seen Hellraiser, um, if you haven't seen Hellraiser, listen to our. Was it last? Yes. Last week's episode, we did a whole thing on Hellraiser. I'm not going to get much into the Hellraiser 1 film because we've done a whole episode on it. If you want to know about Hellraiser 1, go back. There are some things, though, like the book is quite different Yes. Um, to the film. They decided uh, halfway, you know, making the film, they're like, oh, we want um, Pinhead is a uh, a man in the film because they they just, they just thought that Kirsty and Julia, the main characters, were all women. And they thought because Pinhead in the novel is described as a female. Yes. The very first one. And they and they, and uh, they thought, you know, it's a bit female heavy and we want to bring in, you know, Freddy's 
really popular Texas Chainsaw, Michael Myers. Of course, like, you need uh, a, you Jason. Need we want icon. We want him. Yeah, we wanted. They wanted a horror icon, and Clyde Barker was down for that. And he's like, "Yeah, cool, cool, cool." Um, in it, Kirsty is not. Larry is not her dad. Yes, it is her friend. Or ex-lover. There is a, a, a huge love triangle yeah, and between people. Yeah, so it's more of a, uh, a love triangle between kind of like Larry, Julia, and Kirsty. And in the novel, it's very much Julia as a main character. All the monologuing is from her. It's all her thoughts and stuff like that. Uh, Julia uses a knife in the book instead of the, ha- the, the hammer that she does in the, in the thing. And, yeah, it's a... In the book, they um, they actually also they they reference the order of the gash. Uh, they actually mention it. They don't. They never brought that up until ever in the film. I don't think. Yeah, I don't recall it ever being. Um, which is nice to know that that was actually a thing. And they, uh, uh, and they, and the lament configuration they call it in the novels. They don't call it. They don't call it anything in the movies. No. You know that Pinhead they isn't just even... They refer to na- it as the boss. Well, Pinhead isn't even named Pinhead. No, he's not. He's referred to... Well, he, she is referred to as Hell Priest. Yeah, the Hell Priest or... Yeah, it's mostly just the Hell Priest mm. kind of thing. So with the movie, they were going to use Skinless Frank as the main sort of marketing tool on the posters and the draw card. But um, they ended up using Penhead. Much to penhead, pin <laughs> got sharpies. I got, I got, my, I got my teeth in today. <laughs> I got the lisps on. Um, they ended up using pinhead as the the icon, which really just fucking took off. So you know, might might not have been something Clive Barker loved, but mm. worked out. Well, in the in in the book Hellbound Heart, the the Cenobites are not described very much. They mm. are more like I think they're dressed in white. They might be, if I remember, if I remember. like I said, I've, re- I've read a lot recently. Yes, you have. Um, and yeah, and you really get the feeling reading it that it isn't about them as much as the films were when they visually came over. But it also feels like I felt the novel wasn't as, like, he really started to flesh out his universe. He mm. realised, oh, this is wicked. Like, a, I've really got something here. Like, yep. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So that is... Hellbound Heart kind of thing. It's it's just Hellraiser one, but with all these differences and kind of thing, and just a different vibe to mm-hmm. it. Kind of a more more Julia as a main character. Then I secondly I read Hellbound Hearts. <laughs> so it's an anthology uh, consisting of twenty one stories that was released on uh, in September in two thousand and nine. It is not written by Clive Barker, sure, but it is closely like uh, Clive Barker. Um, kind of got together all these people to write these things. Okay. So lots of the stories. This is um this is a really good book. There are I mean, there are some shit ones in there that I skipped. There are ones that are like oh just written like from the third person perspective or or just like I just couldn't do some of them. Some of them are like some of the best short stories I've ever read. Um yep. and they're really, really good. They all tie into the lore perfectly. Um and it's just a, a really good series. And I I do count these as canon. I was going to say, do you count them? Yeah, yeah, because none of them really go outside of the universe enough. It's just, there are just stories and they're, because it's kind of like all Barker's involved in it a little bit. Like you can tell he's like, these are all his like probably friends from his days at Dark Harvest yeah. like magazine kind of thing. Some of them aren't good and that, but like it's worth the read. If you're a Hellraiser fan, so Hellbound Hearts, it's just plural. Can you buy it at Greenlight? 
No, oh. you can't buy it anywhere. Yeah. Oh, you probably can on Amazon. I bought it. And the last, uh, actually, there's, that one is kind of like, I kind of don't count it as canon. Like, it just depends. You can read this one. You don't get anything new from it, but you do get some really good um, just ideas of the Hellraiser universe. And it also shows that it's not just the puzzle box that can pull stuff in kind of thing. Yeah. It's like there are different ways. Uh, it has, like, what kind of – there's a whole story that's around, like, kind of like what are the prerequisitations of becoming a Cenobite? Like, what kind of person would do that and how does it happen? And it's just – yeah, dude, that's that's probably my favorite story. It's about a lady who just gets obsessed with like, like torturing herself in yeah. real life, and to the point that when they come there, they're like, "There's nothing we can do to you that like that you haven't already done to yourself." Yeah, that you that's wouldn't cool. do to yourself, and then she becomes like, because they're they're you know. Well, that is the one thing about the Hellraiser uh, movies that I quite am very curious about is like, I would like a little bit more. In the world of Cenobites, like I would love a bit of an anthology yeah, well, it, about well, how these how people become Cenobites. Like, what are you doing in your life that you know puts yeah, what you is on the this path? What are your prerequisites? What's on your resume yeah. <laughs> to become one? And um, yeah, and I'll get into that. Actually, there's four books I forgot. So then there's one Hellraiser: The Toll. So this is a no- novella, and when I say novella, this is short. You could read this on three train trips. It's like fifty. It's not even, it's not very long at all. That sounds it's like, like less my than a hundred of... pages. Or something. Great. Um, so this is set just before. This is basically the precursor to the next book. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is written by Mark Allen, uh, Mark Allen Miller, who is um, who is a real close friend of Clive Barker. Sure. So that like you know, they work together on stuff, and so it came out in February two thousand and eighteen. So it came out after. The, the, the Scarlet Gospels, which is the next book, as in, a, but it's a prequel kind of thing. It's just a little bit more adding to what happened in the Scarlet Gospels. It's um, so I still count this as, as this is definitely lore within the novel universe. Yeah. Um. So the main character is Kirsty, Kirsty Cotton, or Kirsty Miller, as she is in, or Kirsty Spencer. She's not called Kirsty Cotton in the novel sure. universe. She has a different last name. Um, she gets a letter um, f- from someone. So she, this is set like I can't remember how many years, like years after Hellraiser, the the Hellbound Heart has happened. She's had to keep off the radar from the Cenobites because, as we know, they kind of ripped her off at the end. So she's constantly changing cities, changing names, changing everything to keep ahead of the the Cenobites who are constantly looking for her. Yeah. Kind of thing. And she's kind of learnt like you weren't learnt the signs, learnt the things, you know, she's become a bit of an expert on this. And she gets a letter one day, uh, which uh, you know, she's intrigued about and says like, come to this prison on this remote island. It's an old condemned prison. I know it sounds quick events lead to it making sense. Yeah, of course. Um deep in the this is like the Royal Bridge version. Deep in the prison she finds a door big door which has kind of been in her psyche and stuff like thing. She opens it and fuck, Pinhead's in there. And he's like, Hey cunt <laughs> Um and Pinhead asks her, he's just like, I you think you've been avoiding us, but I've actually been like, you know, cultivating you into do what I want you to do next. I've watched you, I've seen how you work. I I'm about to do something. And I want you to be 
the 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 recorder of my events. He's like, I basically, I want you to become like, almost the person who writes the new next Bible. He's going to do something so on a biblical stance that it needs witnesses and uh, what do they call those people like that write the Bible? There's a name for them. Scribes. Scribes or something like that. And that's just what it's, and then it ends. And it's just like, oh, fuck. But it makes sense if you've watched, you really need to read it. No, you probably could read it before the Scarlet Gospels. So sure. like, and that leads straight into the Scarlet Gospels, um, which is the fourth book I count as an actual Hellraiser. There are other Hellraiser novels, but they're just, in my opinion, I was just like, mm. Okay. So these are more t- determined by what you consider to be canon. Uh, I, the Hellbound Hearts. I don't consider a lot. Like there, is, I think there's a, there's 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 books in the, there's stories in the Hellbound Hearts written by Barker. I think. Oh man, it's been, you know. You've done a lot. You've done a lot. But um, some yeah. of them are just. I mean, I skipped because yep. I was like, this is terribly written. I hate it. it. This is not my style of writing. It must oh. be good written, but like I just couldn't meld with the character or get into it, kind of thing. But no. Hellbound Hearts is definitely worth reading. I wouldn't count it as canon, but some of the stories I would because they don't break outside of the law, so it's fine. Because there are a lot of like just, you know, the Cenobites have been doing this for a long time, so there's lots of little little stories to tell kind of thing. Anyhow, Scarlet Gospels came out 2015, written by Clive Barker. You know, so this is, a, this is the legit. This is basically the first legit Hellraiser novel since the first one. Cool. When you think cool, about cool, it, cool. um, so it's what's it about? It's, this is the this, this is a hard one. So it's about the Hell Priest, aka Pinhead, and his efforts to gain power to topple Hell. Yeah. Now, what makes this one a little bit weirder is I feel like so like I said before, there's Leviathan that runs the labyrinth, and then there's Hell. So you can walk to hell yep. from, you can, they call it the pit. You can walk to pit from the labyrinth. You can get there like yep. the Cenobites can. And I feel that hell is run by Lucifer. The OG Lucifer, the first of the fallen, whatever he's called, the morning star. Yep. Then there's layers underneath that. Uh, there's like Abaddon and stuff like that of like different types of hell. And it kind of like that none of the other layers know that the others exist. Ah. Yeah. Anyhow, it doesn't matter. Um, so he's just like, he's had, uh, the hell priest is like, he's, he's, had, he's had enough of, of hell. And he's like, he's developed a way to, a plan to topple hell. And, it, 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 and it's using magic. Now, magic is banned in hell. Magic is not allowed. Sure. So magic as in magic, as in, uh, aka, bring in Harry Damore, the occult detective. So it... Centers around Harry Damore, um, and it goes through his life. You get a couple of flashbacks of like of him encountering Cenobites early on in his career and stuff like that. And this is where you realize when you're reading this that the Hellraiser universe is very closely tied into sex and pleasure, and which is everything that Clive Barker does. Now, this is what in my opinion, sets apart the Hellraiser universe from traditional like other horror films. Is it's that emphasis on the pleasure, not really the lust. It's more like sex and pleasure, desire. Yep. It's all about that. Like, like 
you know, everyone's seen what a Cenobite looks like. They're like in leathers. They're in like sadomasochistic leather-looking yeah. uh, torture, sexual torture kind of. They have like it's all about like your desires. You it's know. like that episode of Rick and Morty. Which one? They have the the Hellraiser sort of ripoff where it's like they go uh, and hang out with Jerry because the pain of Jerry's life brings them pleasure. So they just like love going and hanging oh, yeah, out yeah, with yeah. Jerry. Yeah. And they're like, pleasure is pain. That well, in, gives me pain, which gives me pleasure. Well, there's a lot of things in the, cause you become a mortal mm. when you become a Cenobite, but you also lose pain reception. Yep. So it's kind of like that thing in that uh, crimes of the future. Have you seen that yet? I have. Yeah. How like the idea that once we've like humans lose feeling and you can't, you can't die from disease. What do we do? We start cutting ourselves for pleasure. Yeah. And that is the emphasis. Like, I thought that was a really good representation of like what Hellraiser is about. So if anything, like the crimes of the future is kind of a very closely knitted into like the same genre of horror that, that Hellraiser is. And there isn't much about it. Like mm. there, uh, it's, it's a real small facet of horror and the fact that it's so big and so underdeveloped and undercooked. You know what I mean? So there's like, probably for, reasons behind that. Like, no, it's not. It's because like Clive Barker lost the license. Yeah. I find it weird he didn't write more novels. I mean, he loves. He's a writer. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Anyhow, Harry Demore. <laughs> I mean, he he his first encounter with a uh, a Cenobite is a giant one, which gets a giant erection, and like starts wanking, seeing his friend like Harry Demore's friend burning alive and it's getting pleasure and masturbating over his like flaming corpse and shit like that like sure and I was like reading it going dang that I didn't know movie <laughs> like no they're not putting that in a movie anytime soon yeah and anyway, so basically it's uh, one of um like there is an ensemble of cast in, in the uh, the Scarlet Gospels one of them is named Nora. She is a blind. Uh, what do people talk to ghosts? What are they called? Um, yeah, people. Uh, 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 medium. Thank you. She's a blind medium and uh, constantly berated by ghosts, and yeah. so she's like, you know, kind of like gets uh, a lot of the clues of Harry's stuff comes from her ghosts and stuff like okay. that. So like, you know, he solves crimes because he finds the dead people and like gets her to tell him and stuff like that. The ghost also let on to a lot of like secrets, so sigils and ways to do things. So Harry Damore himself has tattoos all over his body, under his clothes, of sigils and different things that protect him from hell. Different things that uh, what tattoos that vibrate when there's like uh, hell hell entities and demons close by. Yeah, right. To the point when when Cenobites come in his way, they hurt. Yeah, like okay. they cripple him with pain, like. Yeah, and sure. so he's a fucking wicked character. Um, he goes to hell. So he, he, she gets Pinhead fucks her over um, and basically kills her and takes her to hell. And he's like, fuck this shit. We're going to go get her. She didn't deserve that. So him and his like, posse of like very, um, it's a very LGBTQI plus community gang. Yep. Go into hell. They, um, and on a fucking adventure to pull their fucking friend out of it. That sounds cool. Meanwhile, at the same thing, Pinhead has this whole fucking plan and he poisons hell through magic, mm. wipes out every fucking Cenobite army and has a fucking fight with Lucifer. And he janks him, he jacks himself up with magic 
and fucking he gets the golden armor of Lucifer. And when he gets to fight Lucifer, Lucifer's already committed suicide. Oh, damn. So Lucifer hasn't even been there, like, for who knows long. Yeah. But then he comes back to life because he can't die. And basically he just always tries to commit suicide, but he can't because he's, like, immortal. So he's always, like, committing suicide and just staying dead for a while. Anyhow, he has a fucking, like, manga battle, you know, (laughs) anime battle with, like, Lucifer, which pulls fucking hell apart. Yeah, right. Like, and you're like, dang, Clive, this is, like, some epic shit. Okay. Uh, Meanwhile, the whole time, like, like, he knew that Harry was going to come to hell to save Nora because he doesn't, like, fucking wipe her out. He doesn't, like, turn her into a centibite or anything. She's just there. Yeah. Um, he grabs her. And at the last point, like, eventually Pinhead beats Lucifer and hell's falling apart and fucking everything's dying. Like, you know, the whole, the, the sky's falling, the fucking everything's boiling up. And he's like, I've brought you here, Harry. You are to record the events that are, that are happening today. Oh, witness so, me. So he is the witness. So he's yeah. like, so you, that that point you realise, he's basically writing the New Testament of like what happens in the universe as himself, as yep. the God. Um, or some shit. <laughs> and shit happens. I'm not going to say the very, very end. He just basically, I think. Yeah, and that's just what, and that's the Scarlet Gospels. And you're like, Right. That sounds cool. Yeah. It's a good book. Turn it into a movie so I can watch it because I well, can't Well, I'm hoping read. that's what the Hellraiser TV show is going to be that like. That would be cool. Because it's all just set in hell. It's all like, so you get the loose characters of Harry Damore outside of hell, you know, yeah. trying to bring their person back. Nora, the blind old, she's an old lady. Yeah. It's like cool, you know. Um, yeah. And I, so that is the book universe. Now. Coming into the movie universe. Movie universe, don't give a shit about that universe. <laughs> no. The movie no, universe, no. don't count that. Uh, but it does take ideas from it. Hellraiser 1, 1987. We've done a whole episode on that. Um, we've just talked a little bit about it in the book kind of thing. Loose, the looseness of it, in case you haven't watched it or you haven't listened to the episode. Uh, a guy gets pulled into hell. Uh, they 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 set up the idea that if where you get pulled into hell from a puzzle box, if you spill blood on it, you can pull yourself back out of hell, and you need a certain amount of blood and gore of other people to basically you basically have to kill a whole bunch of people to bring yourself back, and then you have to steal somebody's skin. Yeah. Um, Cenobites come to Kirsty and go like, "Hey, we're gonna kill you." She opens the box accidentally. And she goes, no, nah, no, nah, your mate got out. And he's like, no one gets out. And she goes, well, he did. And then they come, they take him back. And they, instead of letting her go, like they said, they kind of like rip her off and start to try and kill her. And then she opens the puzzle, like closes the puzzle box, which sends them back to hell. So yep. if you close, there is one movie thing. If you close the box, they go back. Yep. Um, they, they, they can't do anything. They just go back though. They're not like killed. No. They're just like. Because they can't, in theory, the whole rule is they can't come to hell. Uh, they can't come to our world without a box being opened. Yeah, which gateway. makes sense. Otherwise, they'd be here all the time. Yeah. Causing but they break the fuck out of that in the later films. Yeah. They just rock up. Yeah. Anyhow, that's that. Hellraiser 2, or Hellbound. This is the only one that doesn't have Hellraiser as its name. Mm. So Hellraiser 2 is called Hellbound, colon, Hellraiser 2, 1988. 
so the first Hellraiser was written and directed by Clive Barker. Yes. Fucking sick. Second one was uh, directed by someone else, but written by Clive Barker, and you know he's he's helped out. So this is this is pure Barker. Yeah. Um, we it's basically set straight after Hellraiser one. Kirsty's brought to it. Uh, she wakes up in a, uh, a crazy institution because you can't go through what you went through and and not be a little bit. Which I love that idea. You know. It's like you always think in horror films, like, do you even want to survive this? Well, and that's the thing that I always like. And uh, Grady Hendrix, was it Grady Hendrix? Um, he's just last year or the year before published a book called The Final Girl Support Group, where it's basically all these women who have been final girls are like at this support group trying to like work through each other's trauma yeah. of being the final girl. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm always very fascinated by like what would the aftermath be of someone who survives something like well, this? Well, I always say in my head, I don't, I wouldn't want to survive this. Mm. Like, say, some of the things, especially Hellraiser. Fuck leaving without knowing that shit's out there and knowing yeah. that it could just like, come back, fuck you over at any moment. And uh, um, she's brought to the, uh, Kirsty's brought to the institution after the events that happened in the first film, where she meets the uh, occult obs- obsessed Doctor Shenard. Mm. Uh, <laughs> what a dickhead he was. She tells him the story. Of course, no one believes her. Um, and he's like, hmm. And he's like, fuck, this actor's good. Um, he realizes that Julia got killed on in, in the first film on a mattress. He's one of the main characters. And he goes that, Kirsty says, Julia got killed on the mattress. She can come back through it. Destroy the mattress. You got to destroy the mattress. He's like, hmm, get me that mattress. <laughs> uh, so he gets some lackeys to get him the mattress, take it to his house. And Julia breaks out with her mate, breaks out of the, the, the hospital and goes to his house and finds, fuck, He's fully into this shit. He's basically, he has three puzzle boxes there. He has a whole study devoted to studying the fucking order of the gash to like yep. all this shit. There are pictures of Leviathan, all the different limit configurations and stuff like that. He's fucking into it. Mm. He uh, gets one of his crazy patients that he has locked in a deep cell, like the, you know, the, the ward that, you know, you're not, those dudes are too crazy to fucking deal with shit. He brings him to the house and makes him solve the box. Uh, on the mattress. Of course, now this doesn't 100% make sense. Sure. No, it does make sense. So he doesn't get him to solve the, the box. He gives the crazy guy a razor blade. He cuts himself up, of course, bleeds all over the mattress, which gives Julia a gateway out of hell. She comes out of hell through the mattress. He and he uh, helps her by killing people and stuff like that um, get strong again and get some skin yeah <laughs> kind of thing so and he is fascinated with this the idea of the hell and coming back it's all very sexual and rebirth and they're all very horny everyone and stuff like that yeah we have done an episode on this one as well so you can probably revisit that one too. yes we're introduced to also tiffany mm-hmm. um in the in uh in the charad institute who is a mute girl who has gone through a trauma and she's gone through a trauma because her fucking Shenard killed her mother in front of her. Sure. Um, and no one knows that and she's gone, doesn't speak and, but she is obsessed with puzzles. Yeah. So of course, blah, 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 shit leads to shit. Shenard gets Tiffany to open the puzzle box. The Cenobites come and go, hang on, something's wrong here. Mm-hmm. Still doesn't even have a fucking mind. How she called us? And he's like, ah, that cunt did it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> 
Long story short, Shenard gets taken into hell. Leviathan sees him, goes, you're pretty good. Like, you're a cunt. Yeah. I'll make you into a Cenobite. He gets turned into a Cenobite. Uh, Leviathan, like, and then Shenard kills Pinhead and his gash to take over kind of thing. Because there is a lot of that kind of ripping off in hell. Mm. Like, you taking over, like, it's, it's like fucking, you know, it's like, you know, the the Japanese Edo period of just the whole house is killing each other to get more power and shit like that. Yeah. Leviathan doesn't mind that as long as shit just keeps going. Yeah. As long as you're working and working efficiently. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. Um, yeah. So shit goes down. Clive Barker wrote the whole story and he was the executive producer on the film. So. Yeah. And that is where the lore of Hellraiser ends in ends. the 11 films of Hellraiser. We are still going to go through every single film, though. Yes. So Hellraiser 2, Hell on Earth, 1992. Um, I've written down, like, the little catch. What is it called? The synopsis of mm-hmm. each film. An investigator, uh, reporter, must send the newly un- must send the newly unbound Pinhead and his legions back to hell. Oh, Jesus, that's a terrible thing. Yes. Basically, Pinhead... Um, uh, at the in the events apparently of Hellraiser two, gets stuck in a statue. What? Yeah. And a nightclub owner buys the statue, and he he comes alive his face and goes, "Hey mate, look at me. I'm a statue that can talk. Do my bidding. Bring me sla- Bring me bring me prostitutes. I'll kill them, and then I'll give you whatever I want." He um he does that. Uh, Pinhead gets enough. People to like, it's almost like he is bringing himself out of hell. Yeah. You know, like in the studio. He gets enough people. He breaks out of the statue. He is unbound by the rules of Leviathan. He is on earth. He decides he is just going to make hell on earth. He makes a whole bunch of new Cenobites, which he cannot do. Yeah. Only Leviathan can make Cenobites. He just makes them, and he makes, with, with, I may think me the worst Cenobites ever created. What, CD face Cenobites? He makes it, yeah. Isn't uh, there one just called Bob? Yeah, yep. He makes one that fires CDs out of its mouth at people. He makes one that's got a video camera in its head. Oh, my God. It's well, this rough. one is directed by Kevin Yeager. Yes. Who is uh, best known as like a special effects guy rather than a so director. I'm, was Kevin Yeager the guy who did... What did he do with the effects on the other ones? doesn't matter. They're the worst. This film is... is uh, people still count this one as lore. Yeah, I, this... think, I think everyone sort of says uh, one, two, and three, and then anything after three is not worth it. No, no, I would count one, two, and four as being uh, movie lore okay. if you had to. Sure. But I'm just counting one and two because they're by Barky, and at this point he has lost the IP. Yeah, that's So it. he is no longer allowed to make Hellraiser films, or or he just doesn't. Um. I don't know how IP works if yeah. they buy it off you, um, but I think with the IP is the thing is like they bought the Hellraiser IP off them, but it was only the IP of the first two films. So anything outside of that that Barker does after that, the lore mm. of it, whether it's in comics or novels, they can't use. No, well, yeah. So if they, I guess if they're buying the IP, they're taking the IP of, um, like the 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 because it's not the it's not the novel right because the novel's too different so no. it's like the IP of the film so the, all they're taking is the puzzle box and, and the Cenobites yeah. and the idea of Leviathan which they didn't they didn't even use that no well that would be too much hard work anyhow that one I thought I mean it's not the worst 
but it's also nowhere near the best because I feel it breaks up. It just setting Pinhead like with no lore and stuff, and him making Cenobites and like it just doesn't meld with me as being part of it. It's yeah, just like because yeah. that's not how it's done. Yeah, we move on to the next one: Hellraiser Bloodline, nineteen ninety six. Oh, sorry, this was the one that was done by Kevin Yeager, and we have done an episode on this because it stars a very young Adam Scott with yeah, a the, terrible ponytail. Yeah, the last one was done by Anthony Hickok. That's right, Hickox, Hickox, Hickox. He's got cocks. Yeah, he's got cocks. Heaps of them. <laughs> um, so the synopsis of this one is, In the 22nd century, a scientist attempts to right the wrong of his ancestral created the puzzle box. That's so weirdly written. Uh, and the, his ancestor created the puzzle box that opens the gates to hell and unleashes Pinhead and his Cenobite Legion. So the, the main person in this story is a descendant of Philip Philip Le Marchand, Le Marchand, I don't know how to say it, and he's trying to right the wrongs. Now, there are two storylines to Philip Le Marchand or whatever. Um, Not going to get into that. It's too much. This is the one where Hellraiser goes to space, yeah? Yes. (laughs) So this is a whole thing about the guy, the ancestor of the guy who made the puzzle box. So the the Cenobites came to a crazy person and said, hey, um, you're you're a puzzle maker. Make the puzzle box. It's it's a long story. If you want to get into it, read uh, the uh, book of the damned, volume two. It's all about that. Sure. Um, which we're not going to get into. Otherwise, we could do a whole episode on the book of the damned. They have told him like, okay, he's decided he is going to like snuff out evil. He makes a gigantic building, which is an anti Hellraiser box. Yep. Um, which can trap. Pinhead, like so he calls them uh, to come in and he basically traps them in this anti-Hellraiser box building. It doesn't work. Um, we also get, this is like the most amount of lore you're going to get in any of them. We get Angelique um, coming yes. in back in this line, Queen queen of Hell, daughter of Leviathan. It kind of explains that. She is also someone who can make Cenobites. Yeah, in the law because she is Leviathan. She's basically Leviathan. She's like, you know, he scratched Le- he scratched wait. a bit of skin off himself. Yeah. So, Le- but Levi- Leviathan doesn't make the Cenobites. The engineer does. Yes. Well, I think maybe the engineer designs them up and shit. Mm. Because we see in volume in Hellraiser two, the film, if you want to count the film as law, that like Shinar gets pushed into this device. Now, this yeah. device comes up in the comics and bit as well. And what I always assumed happened is like he gets pushed into this device, all these gross shits grab him, they start putting needles in him and shit, and he and he he lowers down into the earth and we see him come up later. I think he gets lowered down to the engineer's workshop. Yeah. Engineer fucking probes his mind and goes like, Yeah, you're kinda cool. Do you know what would represent your sins really well? Maybe like <laughs> some CDs. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? He make he makes the look. Maybe I think the engineer maybe gets the vibe going, and but Leviathan purely makes it. Yeah. Like the machine that comes up is, it look it's got puzzle box elements to it. Like it is an extension of Leviathan or sure. some shit. Anyhow, apparently Angelique, whatever her name is, can make them as well in this film. Uh, she's all right. <laughs> she's in it. <laughs> like she, you know. She does her own thing. She's kind of got her own agenda kind of thing, and uh, she's not really in, into her dad and shit like that. Anyhow, doesn't work, the building. Um, we see... Uh, now, what we didn't mention is in the 
first Hellraiser film, we see at the end, Kirsty puts the, um, what's it, the second one? They put the, the cube into, no, no, they put it this into is fire. where they try and burn the cube and then the guy comes and turns into the skeleton dragon. No. 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 The Eremite. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that. Um, yeah, so in mean, one of them, like, in one of the Hellraisers, I can't remember which one it is, they put the cube in a foundation of a building. Actually, yep. this might be in actual this movie at it, some stage. Yeah. It is, yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> so that's why the building, yeah, comes up. And that doesn't make any sense because Lamarchon designed the building. So why would that influence him? And again, the, the box does influence um, creation and desire and stuff. Like, that. like when you get the puzzle box, you don't solve it. Yeah. Like, because there's no way you could do it. Like what it is, it's kind of like holding it, the desire of wanting the box tells you in your mind the desire is how to hold it. So basically, you, you fucking can't win. Yeah. It's not your choice. Yeah. Anyhow, that's, that is law. Um, in the end of uh, Hellraiser uh, Bloodline, it doesn't work, but then it cuts to like the year 3000 and there is a space station and we have uh, another generation of uh, a descendant of Le Marchand. Uh, and, um, he has built a, he calls the Cenobites in and the whole space station turns into a fucking, a puzzle box, which we assume is the resolved puzzle box. So it's supposed to send them, kill them. But like, if anything, they should have sent them back to hell. Yeah. And they're like, anyhow, apparently that kills them and that's supposed to be the end of Hellraiser. And every film after this, like that is the end. Yeah. Of the film franchise, because every film after this is this uh, story set before that. Well, yes. Well, everything after this, well, I mean, I would say that about how, like, Bloodline, is everything after this is a placeholder for the franchise rights. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is very much that. So we go into the next one, which is Hellraiser Inferno. Right, yep. In 2000, the Millennium. Well, I'm surprised they could make this after Y2K, <laughs> after the world went to shit. Anyhow, so it's a uh, it's little uh, line is, a shady police detective becomes embroiled in a strange world of murder. <laughs> What's what detectives do? Yeah. Sadism and madness. After being assigned a murder investigation against a madman known as only The Engineer. Oh, that's the end. I didn't say that very well. Uh, known as The Engineer. So... <laughs> This film could have been rebranded as a Silent Hill film and it would have been a great Silent Hill film. Sure. Like, it, it is basically, it's directed by Scott Derrickson. Who's he? Do you know? I'm, I'm looking because his name sounds familiar. He did The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Hmm. Um, Deliver Us from Evil. Uh, he's, he's done some stuff. So this is the... Please f- tell me he was not responsible. He fucking... He did Sinister, which is oh, a known really... as the best film ever, the scariest film of all time. He did The Black Phone. He did Doctor Strange in 2016. So this guy is actually a really good director. Yeah, he's he's raising. This film isn't bad. Like out of as a film, this is fine. Sure, but it very feels like Silent Hill. Yeah, um, it is. Uh, the whole thing is like you know his desires create the Cenobites around him kind of thing of what they look like. It's very 
It's very Silent Hill. Sure. Um, it's a lot of like a, uh, you know, the storyline is you know he wakes up he's not he's a dodgy cop. He's a he's like he's on the payroll. You know he's on. They the, always are. Yeah, he's a he's a dodgy dude. He cheats on his wife with prostitutes. You know. He is a bit of a good-looking man. He's supposed to be good-looking and charming, you know. He wakes up and, like, you know, there's a, a prostitute that he's just had sex with. It, like, you know, it gets murdered, blah, 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 and it just keeps going deeper in there. Every, every you know, every uh, uh, clue leads to another character and they get murdered and stuff. He, he's seeing these visions of these, like, Cenobites around uh, plaguing him. In the end, it's one of those things where, like, he gets to the end and he has a, ch- it shows like he goes to a room and there's like a, a version of him as a child strapped to a chair. A version of him comes out, Pinhead standing there. The uh, the other version of him slices his like kid's version of his throat, showing the destruction of his innocence through his actions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it's all very Silent Hill. Like okay. it's not. And then you read into this a bit. This was a script adapted after it was written into a Hellraiser film so the studio could keep the IP. It is the first of many of that exact line. Yeah. That so many of these new Hellraiser films are just scripts that they go, let's convert this to a Hellraiser film to keep the IP away from Clive Barker. Yes. You absolutely can. So every one of these films is a, is my fucking enemy. We could have been getting Hellraiser films for the last 15 years. We could wicked. have been. And, the, and all of these, I believe, are straight to video. I don't think any of these hit the cinema. No, no, no. No? It was only later. I think 2011 was the first straight-to-video one. Really? Yep. Uh, I looked into that already. Of course you did. Uh, anyhow, which is 2011, uh, what was that one called? Revelations. Uh, this is a good film in itself. This has got some grotesque scenes. There's a whole scene of like two lady Cenobites with their faces stitched up. They're coming like, and they're all caressing him, and they're putting their hands under his skin and caressing his, like, boobies all the way under his flesh and shit, and he's, like, getting off on it. Man, it's Silent Hill. He looks very... They look very... Uh, cause I'm he looks like every cop. I'm obviously Googling this. It, so um, the, the storyline of this one is basically the same storyline of, like, a whole bunch of them. Mm. A disheveled cop solving a mystery, trying to find... Uh, they kind of also have that sort of nurse vibe well, I, 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 from I, Silent Hill. That's the thing. So he's chasing this guy, the engineer, the whole time. And when the engineer demasks himself, it's him in in the dream. So oh. it's and then you wake up and you realise he, he's in one of those um never ending hells. Yeah, okay. So he at the end of the film, it wakes up at the very point that he wakes up and like it starts again. So his hell yep. in the labyrinth is this. Being dragged sure. through as a cop, he keeps on getting like clues. And he keeps getting blamed for them, like his guilt and stuff. Like, yeah, it's 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 a good film. Okay, okay. But okay. it's not a Hellraiser film. But it's a great horror film. Watch it. We we'll probably do an episode on it. And we now, could. Ne- ne- Definitely could. So the next one is Hellseeker from two thousand and two. A shady businessman attempts to piece together the details of a car crash that killed his wife, rendered him at um, what's it called? Rendered him an amnesiac. Amnesiac. He got amnesia. <laughs> and left him in possession of a sinister puzzle box that summons monsters. So this one's so hard to watch because the main character is Liz Lemon's uh, boyfriend. You're like, hey, dummy. You know that guy? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> he is the main guy. So you can't take oh, no, the whole. You can't, can't take, take that seriously at what all. What is cool about this film? Kirsty Cotton is his wife and played by the actual actress. Oh. Doesn't matter. Anyhow, spoiler: the guy dies in the. Uh, the guy has a car crash. He's dead after that. The whole film is set in like his imagination in hell, just like. Yeah, just like the. And what it was Inferno. is Kirsty. I don't know why Kirsty would open the box again. No. She opens the box and and says, I'll give you five souls in exchange for you letting me go. And because her husband is a fuckface and he's been cheated on her, it's like it's like the three she gives him like the pros, the peop, the women he's been sleeping with and his life and stuff like that. And so the whole thing is like he's a sacrifice. Um, and it's that whole kind of thing where like weird stuff is happening. This doesn't make sense. Um, sure. Yeah, it it this one was pretty good. This one stuck to the law the most out of you know what I mean. Like it all made sense. Yeah. Like, um, but once again, this is originally not a Hellraiser script, and of they not. branded it up to keep the IP. This one's done by Rick Boda, who does most of the Hellraiser films from then on. Okay. Uh. But, I mean, if you want to watch, like, if, if you were going to get into this, watch Hellraiser 1, Hellraiser 2, then watch Hel- Inferno and Hellseeker. Probably just stick a pin in it after that. Like, <laughs> like it's done. Yeah, I can see his, uh, his letterboxed uh, um, Hellraiser Deader, Hellraiser Hellseeker, Hellraiser Hellworld, Happy Killer Face, Love Me, Secret Summer. Yeah. Damaged. Damaged? Yes. Black flag song. Anyhow, uh, next one. So that happens in that one. Once again, none of these events affect the storyline of Hellraiser. Yeah. They're all just like one-shot comics. You know what I mean? Like, Which I'll get into later. So Hellraiser Dead is the next one from 2015. A journalist uncovers an underground group who can bring back the dead and slowly become dra- and she slowly becomes drawn into their world. So this is a cult one. There's always a cult. There's always a cult. Uh, so this is about another Lamarchian generation, the descendant. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to ignore Hellraiser, you know, um, bloodline for this one. He decides that he is going to start this cult to get the cult members to open the puzzle box for him because he's convinced because he is the uh, the descendant of the creator of the box that he can control the Cenobites because you know that's going to work. Yeah, sure. Um, the main girl named Amy, uh, is a fucking great, she's the best thing about the film. She's like, not, she's not a, she, she's not, you know, she's strong, wicked, um, it's great. And in the end, you know, that's basically what this is about. In the end, you know, she's discovered, you know, she gets, she gets in, in, she's the journalist, she gets entwined in this whole situation, blah, 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 all that shit happens. In the end, Pinhead and his gash come out and they're like, hey, fuck face. You're going to get pulled to hell. And she commits suicide right there and then. And um, that's the end of the film. They can't take her to hell because she dies before they do it. And I'm like, huh. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, Another one that was a script that wasn't originally a Hellraiser film. They branded as a Hellraiser film to keep the license. Oh, it's so dumb because a lot of these actually sound like they could be good if you just give it an opportunity to move aside from a Hellraiser film. I still think. Maybe I should re-edit that other one as a Silent Hill film. <laughs> um, so that's that one. It's got some good moments in it, but it's all, all the cult just wasn't believable. Yeah, sure. a young dude, spunky cult leader. They're all like, 
punks. You know, they're all kind of like, they're not like traditional cult members. They're like cyberpunk cult members. Sure. Or, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't really make sense. Anyway, next one is Hellraiser Hellworld 2005. My God. <laughs> this one. And it's it. gamers playing uh, MMO, MMORPG, Mamorpho Group. What is that? Multi, mega multi, multi player, multi online role playing game. Yeah. So, like, basically World of Warcraft. Sure. A uh, pl- uh, uh, game based on the Hellraiser film. So, this one exists as if Hellraiser, the franchise, exists. Okay. All right. Uh, they find their lives in, uh, endangered after being invited to a rave mm-hmm. in 2005. Because like, that's where a lot of gamers go to yeah, raves. Oh, well, they're gamers, mate. They're underground. Uh, the host of which intends to show them the truth behind the Cenobite mythos. So, the host is Lance Hendrickson. Of course. They get, um, you know, they all go to this rave. They all start hallucinating, seeing these Cenobite all. Uh, you know, hallucinations. They slowly get killed and shit. In the end, it's not real. In the end, Lance Hendrickson comes out and goes, I gave you a drug, which was hallucinatory. And uh, and because uh, oh, because at the start of the film, one of the memorphic, one of the gamers dies of like a drug overdose or something. And that's his dad. And his dad blames them for not saving his son. And so he creates this gigantic game and a hell, uh, and a mo- that the world plays and invites them to this party to get revenge on them. I wish everyone could see my face right now. Yeah. <laughs> your eyes rolled so far back it, in your head they came back around normal. This is true. Uh, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" And that's it. But then after, and he like gives them drugs. He buries them all alive and talks to them on the phone sinisterly, telling them the whole plot that I'm, you know, blah blah blah. Then at the end, he just finds the puzzle box, opens it, and the Cenobites kill him. What puzzle box? Where is it? This puzzle box this whole it's time? Exactly. It is so confusing because it's supposed to be set in a world where the movies exist as well. Uh, Rick okay. Boder, everybody, director. <laughs> um, the best. The best thing is that this is so outside of the Hellraiser universe that Pinhead runs around with a cleaver killing people. With no like dignity that he usually has as a pre, you know, like as in a, he's got a cleaver. He runs around killing people like a slasher. <sighs> okay. He does do that in their imaginations though, but like I think we we're supposed to assume that the hallucin the hallucinatory effects were influenced by the hell, the, the box being within their vicinity. Who fucking cares? It's sure. dumb. And at what point does uh, Doug Bradley say, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore? He actually only jumped out. Uh, he's in this one, I think. I think maybe the next one. No, he's not in this one. I can't remember. He jumped out. He jumped. He jumped out ages ago. Smart. He, he 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 turned down work just because he was like, it's so far from Barker's original idea. And it's so shit that like, you have you've made such a terrible like no effort to put into these films just to keep the license. I don't want to be part of them anymore. And they get this new dude to come in and he like he has got way more body fat on him than than like Brad, Doug Bradley. So yeah. he's like he's like a he's like a fin a pinhead that's visited the the bloody the dessert bar too many times. 
kind of weird. And that's he, his, he that's decided, his pleasure. and apparently Diabetes. he decided that he was going to like, oh, I'm going to give it a different vibe, and Pinhead's going to be a different kind of character. I'm like, why change that shit? Why do that from that regal, fucking dominating voice of like, you know, because he was a theater actor, and he's like, wait. What are you doing? And I'm yeah. like, I fucking love that. That's Whereas what made this, him interesting. This guy rolls in and he's like, hey, guys. Hey, guys. So see you again. Get some chains in you. Drag you to hell. Oh, cool. Right. Cool. Text me. <laughs> we'll put it on TikTok. Yeah. Anyhow. Um, well, so that was Hellworld, motherfucker. <laughs> Next one. Hellraiser Revelations uh, 2011. <laughs> it's got the shortest like. Two college friends unwittingly re- uh, release Pinhead and his minions. That oh, is its write-up. Lovely. So bad, this film. Like, this was rubbish. So it's a bunch of teens, right? They open the box. One of them gets taken to hell. Makes sense. Yes. Uh, as in, like, he, one, of, one of them opens the box and gets taken to hell. Uh, he gets back, he, traditional. So this one kind of sticks to the law. He gets back in the traditional way, blood on the ground. He convinces one of the other teens in their group to kill other people and bring him back kind of thing. Um, he gets to the point where he doesn't have any skin, so he kills the teen that's been helping him, steals his skin, becomes that character. Uh, so skinless teen, that's the only other thing. Um, so the skinless teen that got ripped off, yeah. he, he sacrifices him the bad teen sacrifices him to the Cenobites. Cenobites see what he's gone through. Got no skin. He goes, you know what? Prime candidate to be a new Cenobite. And I'm like, mm, makes sense. They reveal his new Cenobite. Look, it's just Pinhead. It's just a shit version of Pinhead. Teen Pinhead. Pinhead's still in it. So there's Pinhead and Teen Pinhead now. <sighs> this film, and that's basically the end. And then the, the Teen Pinhead kills the bad teen. The end. Um, this movie had a budget of 300k. Yeah, sure. You it's also t- directed by Victor Garcia, who has not really done anything, but like he did return to House on Haunted Hill. Um, this is without a doubt the worst one. Uh, like this is so shit that like shit wouldn't even shit on this. Like if shit would be like, I don't want any part of this. If I was a piece of shit, I'd be like, oh, no, no, don't wipe me in that. But does have. But it does have Henry Cavill in it. He plays the teen that gets. I think he plays the teen that gets ripped off. It's, it's hard to remember because like the skin gets stolen and they become other people. Like, yeah, yeah. So Superman, aka Henry Cavill, aka the Witcher, the Witcher aka the Mustache Guy from um, that Mission Impossible film, mm, who reloads his arms. Yep. Yeah, muscular m- mustache face. Um, he's one of the teens in this, but fuck, man. Don't even bother. This is or bother. This is a McConaughey. This oh. is so McConaughey. You know we really haven't done a McConaughey in a while. Oh, should we watch this one? Oh, God. Oh, do yeah. I have to? No. Because right, I've already watched them all now. Yeah, yeah. You've watched them. Next one. Hellraiser Judgment 2018. Now, we watched this one together when it first came out. Do you remember? I See, I was trying to remember which one it was that we watched. It's it was very sepia-toned. Yeah. So, it's uh, right up here. Detective Sean and David Carter brothers are on the case to find a gruesome serial killer terrorizing the city they join up uh with another lady detective christine uh so the three of them together they dig they dig deeper into a spiraling maze of horror that may not be of this world this world think i mean this movie thinks that it's seven you know the the fincher film yeah it looks like it 
It reads like, it feels like it. They're constantly chasing this serial killer who sets up the victims in ornate ways to, you know, very seven. Yeah, um, uh, so Honestly, I don't even remember. I, I remember us watching it, as always. Do not remember anything So the about side it. story of these people chasing these persons is, is that Pinhead's in hell and he talks to another Cenobite who we've never seen before who's very bad. He just wears a suit and wears dark glasses like Butterball. He had cuts yeah, on his head. Sure. They decide, you know what? Box isn't working anymore. The new people of this generation, they're not into it. We need to make a new way. Let's make the judgment system, a.k.a. It's just a fucking interview. You get so you get instead of like getting pulled to hell with thing, you just walk into a room and you get interviewed, and an elaborate weird shit happens, and then they decide whether you go to hell. Sure, um, it's stupid. Well, I see that the director Gary J. Tunnycliffe, however you want to pronounce it, um, he is also a special effects guy, so th- he's got like six credits to his name for directing. This guy was. But had had this hell he I think he used to work on the original Hellraiser. He so, had this in his mind for thirty years to make this film. Oh, poor guy. Well, he did Warlock Armageddon. He did Lord of Illusions, um, Halloween Curse of Michael Myers, Hellraiser Bloodline. As in the effects. As the effects. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah like, like, don't get me wrong. Uh, Bloodline was it? Yeah. You know he's a ginger snap. Like he's got a lot of like. I guess that's the problem when you've got. Um, special effects people coming in to direct. It's not quite the same, but they always look good. Anyhow, the three, anyhow, it kind of follows one of the main detectives. He fucking, like, you know, shit happens. He gets judged in their new judgment system. He, They find out that, you know, oh, yeah, you're a, you're a dickhead. You're going to go to hell because we judged you. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, at the, at, at the 11th hour, a fucking goddess rocks up, a heaven goddess, mm-hmm. and goes, Nah, God has a uh, God has plans for this guy. You have to let him go. You can't take him to hell. Uh, anyhow, Pinhead says no, and goes, "No, nah, fuck you, fuck you." God kills him, takes him to hell. God goes, "Nah, nah, 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 yeah, nah, yeah, nah, yeah, nah." Uh, you can't do that. God sends Pinhead to Earth to live as a human. The end, as a homeless human bum. Are you? Were you ready for that twist ending? I've, I, like, I know I've watched this film. I can't fucking remember any of that. I, None of that. Did we turn it off? <laughs> we probably did, honestly. We probably watched some kind of alien documentary or something. I don't know. And, uh, and then <coughs> there is obviously the Hellraiser 2002 reboot, which we have watched. Yes. Um, which I'm not going to talk about because it, uh, you should watch that one. Like, yeah. I don't want to spoil it. Uh, it is a reboot. It is not a reboot in my opinion. Uh, it is just another Hellraiser story. Like, yeah. if you're going to reboot it, that is not a reboot, hey? No, it, a... look, it, it had its place. It did some stuff. Oh, don't um, get me wrong. They're the best Cenobites I've ever seen oh, in my life. Oh, my in God. It. Yes. Like, um, that, although they did let go of this, like, this one let go of, like, the whole point of the Hellraiser franchise, in my opinion, which is the, the pleasure and the luck and the sexual and the desire of it. And it's not about that anymore. No. It was not about that at all. No, um, I feel and, that the, and the Cenobites, you can see it in them. They're not dressed in like the leathers. They're not, it's, it's almost their like they're skin. not. Yeah. What? It's their skin. Like Yeah. That is kind of cool. And I yeah. do like it. And it's beautiful. But like, it doesn't look like they're torturing themselves. No. It looks like they've had this look 
and now it's all dried up and they're like they they're not moist no, enough in this. You like they want to see some moist. Well, the whole thing with the the centibites is their wounds never uh, coagulate up, so they're yep. always like moist and open and. Yeah, it did look like that, but they're the fucking best Cenobites, like yeah. hands down. Oh, no, and no. I just hope the new Clive Barker show has Cenobites on that level. Yeah, no, I will. Look, I, I honestly feel that he would. Because we all want the CD Cenobite back. <laughs> <laughs> we all want just the whole HBO right. show to be about him. Everybody on Twitter, let's just talk about that one. Replace Pinhead for CD. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> CD over pinhead hashtag. Yeah, sure. Let's let's trend that. Like, let's do a thing. So that is the end of the. I'm not going to get into that one because it's too new and people should watch it for themselves. Yeah. Kind of thing. It doesn't. I can say that it just it does take the law and then tries to reboot the law. It has its own law. It's okay, but so many things in it don't. Look, it was meld. an okay film. Yeah, it was, it in was my opinion, fine. It, it was okay. I've got some opinions. Yeah, I've got, I've got massive opinions about it. Um, like. But it, that, yeah. that's like it just didn't feel like a reboot. No, you know what I mean. Like, no, it didn't. It just felt like another. It just felt like another Hellraiser story. Just one that's set after the first and second one. It just, yeah, it yeah yeah. It just it just takes it does have a lot of life in it, but it just uses him in a way that I'm just, or them in a way that I just don't think is right. And it doesn't matter. Uh, so that's the Hellraiser. That's the film universe. Very different from the book universe yes. kind of thing. Um, also very different from the, the comic, comic universe. universe. So, which I still only really count Hellraiser one and two as part of the film. When I went through them, I'm like, yeah, there's nothing worth thinking about after one and two like they're the ones that Clark Barker did they're the ones that also like like you look at one it gives you that whole world it gives you that whole idea of the hell and the coming back through it and that that loophole in hell that's that whole film second one let's look at what happens inside of the hell we introduce to the labyrinth we introduce to the leviathan we introduce to the uh like the cenobite creation and stuff like that and then it stops Mm. There's nothing past that, as in, in the whole next, well, how many years? 92 to now. How many years How many years is that? That's like... T- it's almost 30 years. 30 years of nothing. Wait, it is 30 years. 30 years, yeah. 92. 30 years of no pushing the story along, because they couldn't. Because mm. like, all they had was those two films, um, and they just didn't try either. So, fuck them. Yeah, exactly. And hopefully this new one is going to be great. Now... Comic universe. This is where shit gets wicked. Yep. Uh, so, question. Did Clive Barker write the Marvel Hellraiser comics? I found a podcast that mm-hmm. interviewed pa- Clive Barker, and I've got some quotes here from him. Oh. Uh, this is from The Geek's Guide to the Galaxy, episode 151 on May 10th, 2015. And this is, quote, Clive Barker, quote, the Hellraiser comic books have been, in many cases, rather brilliant and actually really taken the mythology to new and interesting places. I'm so very proud of the comic books in a way that I'm not really proud of the many sequels to the movie. Um, end quote. And then another quote later on. I've, I've been, I'd like to say, uh, a major part of the comic book creation. But I think that's a bit... Pro- 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 oh, what's that word? Pretentious. Pretentious. Of me. In a way, the comics ha- have t- 
to tell their own tale through the people that write and paint them. Mm-hmm. So from that, you would think, no, well, it's not then Clive Barker. But he does actually work on the story. He's, he's saying it gives them the artists and what they're looking and the panellists and the story writers. But he does a lot of the actual stories of the comics. Yeah. And but I... he doesn't have anything to do with like panelling, layout and stories. So you can imagine that he's dot pointing the stories down of what like to happen, and then a comic creators come in and writers r- flesh it out into a script and then write it. Yeah, Doesn't my ha- my understanding was that uh, especially a lot later on, like more recently, if you wanted to write for the Hellraiser comic series, you had to approach him. Yes, and talk to him, and he would have to give you the okay and go ahead. That, that's so the Boom Studios one is when he really actually came back. Anyway, we're gonna get into it. So the first one. Epic Comics, an imprint of Marvel, uh, 1989 to 1994. I read them all. Uh, so it's basically a bunch of short stories. They're based, uh, as in, set in the Hellraiser universe. Uh, it doesn't really offer anything new to the canon, except for the stories that Clive Barker, uh, one that was done by Clive Barker called The Harrowing. Yeah. So The Harrow, um, so the harrowing is a story of the creation of the first har- harrowers harrowers group. Um, so they're a bunch of people uh, blessed by a god, uh, a goddess called Morte Mam. Mm-hmm. Um, she comes in. She's from the good side of heaven. Um, she chooses these five people through this very random way of sending bees out into the community and the sure. bees effect because that's her vibe. She chooses these five people to fight for her. She gives them powers, um, uh, like uh, protection talismans and stuff, to uh, and and uh, like holy weapons that can hurt the Cenobites. And they they're a gang, and they go to fight Pinhead. Basically, this is a rule bridge down version of of one of them. Um, they uh, and then Pinhead. Uh, within this, um, Pinhead gets Pinhead's girlfriend. <laughs> When they're fighting the Harrowers. Pinhead's girlfriend, uh, Makova, she gets killed um, by the Harrowers. And at the end of the Harrowers, Pinhead's angry and he gets he gets a magic sword. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, okay, sure. sure so sure, sure. the Harrowers was done in like uh, November 9 it came out in 1993, the issues. Uh, Clive Barker was labelled as the creator and consultant. On it, uh, it was written by uh, Malcolm Smith. Now Malcolm Smith comes up a lot in these these comics. I think doesn't matter. Um, yeah, and so, but at the end, Pinhead lets the Harrowers go, right, and goes like, "Go out and and you are because he fucks them all over. They get yeah, fucked course. over basically. The ones that are left, he lets them go, and goes." Go out and spread the word of your defeat on the world. To who? To other harrowers or sure. anyone like like kind of pushing against hell. He's very like that pinhead, and I like it. Like, yeah, he does his own thing. Yeah, so that's all I got out of like the whole eighteen nineteen eighty eight to nineteen ninety four. That was the only kind of story I um, thought was worth like looking into. There are like a bunch of other Cenobites that are ri- within all these ones. There are some great Cenobites in there, um, but 
they have their own kind of cool backstory and stuff like that. But anyhow, if I wanted to get into, you know, the things that everything, I wouldn't be able to get through this, this thing. Yeah. But, uh, but there, so there are some Cenobites in there I should just mention. There's one called, oh, I'm going to go through them. Fuck it. Sure. There's one called Clown. Yes. Uh, he's wicked. He was a clown in real life. He uh, went to hell as a clown and his job was to look after the kids that had mistakenly opened the puzzle box and got taken to hell kind of in a way. So he was like ran the preschool in hell for oh, kids. Oh, God. I know. It's fucked. And then eventually, he so he was never considered a full Cenobite until the point when he became a full Cenobite. And he became fucking wicked looking. He's like one of the ones he has like a, a, a hell pet with him. He's got this beast. His comic, the second one, uh, with him, he was fucking, um, it was drawn by and written by Mike Mignola. If you don't know who he is, the dude did Hellboy. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, comic. right. Okay. If you want to check that one out, it's awesome. There's another one called Hunger. Uh, he's like a really thin, anorexic looking. Are you looking them up what they look like? Uh, yeah, I'm looking up. I'm looking up clown. Yeah, so he has two looks of clown. Hunger, he is like the ultimate in, um, he cannot stop. He cannot abide by the rules of the order of the gash. If he comes in and, you know, you've opened the puzzle box, he has this infurious hunger to kill. He'll kill everyone around there and pull them in, even if they have nothing to do with it. He gets in trouble all the time. He constantly goes against the order of the gash. He's always in trouble. He pops up all the time. Yeah. You have, uh, oh man, there's fucking heaps of them. There's Grillard. Uh, face Spike. He's pretty good. Look up Spike. He is. Um, he's the only one that was from the comics that they actually was gonna put into one of the films. They made the full costume in, of him and everything, and uh, they never used him. He is. Just, yeah, he just has a giant spike impaled to his head, and so big it's his whole face. Like, um, fucking hell. You got. Uh, you got Makova, who is. Pinhead's, Pinhead's girlfriend. girlfriend. She also pops up in the uh, Jihad story, which is the she's in she's in the gash with uh, Alabaster. Um, she's a lady one. Alabaster, who runs another gash, he's kind of like a bit of a fuckhead as well. Like he he kind of sees Pinhead as a rival, and he's always trying to fuck Pinhead over, so he gets the Hell Priest top job. Sure, Makova looks very fucking eighties. Very eighties yeah. warrior woman. Yeah, she's late. she's got pin like knives in the top of her head. She's kind of got like that vibe, like almost pinhead like. Like, uh, you get the ferryman, um, uh, uh flagallon and stuff like that. They're all thought out. They're all great, and I count them all as their actual Cenobites. You know, they're yeah. in this universe of like the comics. Some of them come up in like book books of the damned and stuff like that. So I count them all as canon even though they're they're like from that first run kind of thing but they've got such they're the, they've got backstories none of the film Cenobites had backstories no the new ones they, they're like they bought in you know what I mean like well that's what I keep saying is like I, I want more I mean I know that part of a horror film is not knowing about certain things but yeah like Honestly, these are such interesting characters that I would like to know more about. Like, looking at fucking... Because now I'm on the fucking Cenobite wiki. <laughs> there's, like, Makova's Lucky Six. So there's Makova Cowboy. Oh, that's what their gash is called, the Lucky Six. Yeah, so there's, like, a cowboy-shaped fucking Cenobite. Um, Cattle Skull, Folger, and Turpus. And they all look really fucking cool. 
And yeah. now I need to, like, I'm like, I want to know more about these people. Like, fucking Cattle Skull looks like a dope ass. I haven't even talked about the Cenobites in the films yet. So, yeah. like, Pinhead's gash is like Pinhead, the Hell Priest. Then you get Butterball. Yep. The, the big the big fat guy. Then you get Chatter, the guy that the teeth and yep. stuff. And then you get only known as the female yeah. or the lady. Uh, later on, she got kind of renamed to Deep Throat kind of thing. And she has, <laughs> yeah, she's wicked. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that's all I've kind of, well, I, out of all that comic, it was, it was a lot of work. <laughs> like, all I got out of it was the Harrowers kind of thing. And the sure. Harrowers stuff actually bleeds into the Scarlet Gospels. So the Harrowers, um, that bleeds into the, the sigils and the holy weapons. And also, uh, one of the Harrowers is, uh, Nora at yep. some stage. So she is. You know, she's speaking to the ghosts and stuff like that. So she's a character that spreads in into it kind of thing. Anyhow, we leave that. That That's it. Um, and so then, then we, we get nothing. We get nothing for like... We get nothing from 94 to 2011. Yeah. yeah it's a there's big, nothing. Big old gap. 2011 startup. Boom Studios acquires uh, the rights of the Hellraiser franchise for comics. Clive Barker jumps on. He's like, "Fuck yeah!" I, I, he's worked with Boom like a bit. He did like the uh, um, the uh, the New Testament. It's called, which is a Clive Barker story purely written for a graphic novel. It's not based on any of his novels. Yeah, it's really good. It's about like Clive Barker bringing uh, he a guy brings God back to life. God, God has been dead, or he's he's the God of color, which is God. Yeah, kind of thing. And yeah, it's it's fucking horrific. His God is not a he's a he's a he's a wanker. <laughs> Anyhow, we've got that at Greenlight Comics. If you want to come get that, that is like one of the only Clive Barker original things which is in print at the moment. Like uh, you can't even get any Clive Barker books at the moment. None of them are in print. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's so strange. Like I'm really surprised they haven't done some kind of compendium or something. Something. So now we get into the Boom Studios runs of comics. So this is where. This is wicked. I've got a, a list of exactly I'm going to tell you. You guys are not going to have to read the comics after this. So this is Hellraiser. It's called uh, 2011 to 2012. It was a 20-issue run, and it was written by Clive Barker and his mates. <laughs> I just like, it's got like, you know, he needs the people to like, you know, script it into a comic form and give it a bit more flesh and stuff like yep. that. But he is very with this, this, this vibe. So this is directly set directly after Hellraiser 2. So in this universe, Hellraiser 1, the film, and 2 exist. Everything that happened in those films happened in the comic series. Sure. Um, And the Harrowers. So the Harrowers, taken from the comics, exist in this universe as well. So this is what's great about the comics. They take the lore and they work with it. So it starts off. We, we're uh, introduced to a whole, an all-new Harrowers lineup involving Kirsty. Yes. Uh, also involving Tiffany. Yes, from Hellraiser 2. From Hellraiser 2. The character that's never been mentioned ever again, which was a main character, which they must have had license to put in the films. Quite possibly. Why wouldn't you have had Kirsty as a main character? She spoke at the end of it, like, so she's got no thing. Um... Their, their job is that they go around and they destroy the gateway items like the puzzle box or um, 
as not well known as uh, the the toy carousel, uh, the 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 music box, uh, you know, the jewelry box with the ballerinas, yeah. whatever they are. So there is a bunch of like different uh, configurations out there that apparently Lamarchand made. He made like in if you're reading the, in the book the book of the damned, he made like oh my god, it's like two hundred. 56 or something. It's a stupid number. Damn. Uh, of them out there. Their job is they're going to destroy them all because if they're all destroyed on Earth, no Cenobites can come through. That's Makes their sense. plan. They work out a way to destroy them. They have holy weapons still given to them by uh, Mama, the Mama Goddess. <laughs> uh, they have talisman uh, that can uh, protect them and stuff. They also have uh, new sigils. Uh, sigils, if you don't know, it's like you've seen Full Metal Alchemist, you draw a fucking thing on the floor, it's a thing. They have a way that if you pull, if you, you can summon a, uh, a Cenobite with the box, and you, you, but first you draw the sigil on the ground, so when they get zapped in, they are, if they, they're zapped in in the sigil, and inside the sigil they have none of their hell powers, and they have none of their immortality either. They're just people. Okay. And they're fucked, basically. Do they look like people, or are they still No, they're Cenobites? still them. Still them? Yep. Um, they're still pretty brutal though. You know, they're doing that. Um, now, now, so then Pinhead he cuts a deal with Kirsty. Um, so he he basically fucks over the Harrowers, kills them all. Um, apart and kills Kirsty's lover. Mm-hmm. So there's no, he doesn't kill he doesn't kill um Tiffany. Tiffany's kind of a hothead in this, and she goes off on her own thing. Sure. He basically wipes out most of the... Actually, no. Tiffany is not in this at the moment. Sorry. Okay. I've I jumped ahead. I've jumped the shot. Ignore that. Kirsty's like, with the harrowers, uh, she, Pinhead wipes out all the harrowers and pulls them to hell. Also wipes out um, Kirsty's boyfriend, husband, takes him to hell. Pinhead goes to her and goes like, you know, does that whole thing. Like in the Gospels, I've been watching you all these years. You've been fighting me. You've been destroying the boxes. You don't even realize that that doesn't fucking help. Destroying the boxes just actually, we can, uh, it, it kind of, it doesn't work. Like, yeah. There's always going to be a way that the, like the things come Well, back. yeah, that makes sense. Um, and he goes, the boxes aren't evil. They're just, they're just doors. They're just locks to mm. open doors kind of thing. Anyway, he goes like, She's fucking at the end of her yeah, wits. Like, everyone around her's died. She spent her whole life doing this. She's fucked. And he's just like, you know what? I've got this I've got this side project happening in the back of my mind, aka like Scarlet Gospels. I I've talked to Leviathan, and if he said if I can find a suitable replacement for me, um I can like be I let back to Earth. Because if we remember, Pinhead is the only uh, Pinhead and his gash are the only um, uh, Cenobites that have the knowledge that they know that they used to be human. Yeah, remember it happened at the end of Hellraiser too. I because we had the scene where um, uh, what is it? What is he called? Um, uh, Shenard kills his gash. Yep. Uh, but they actually mention in the comic later on. Uh, uh, Deep Throat says, like, Leviathan brought us back even though after Shenard killed us and let us keep our memories. So there's some ga- there's something happening here. You know yeah, what I mean? sure. So he's like, yeah, I remember I was a human. I just want to go back to being a human and live out one of my lifetime. And he's given me the opportunity if I can find a suitable replacement. He goes, 
I have cultivated you for years. You are fucked. I have just taken away everyone that you've ever loved or known. You can see them again. If you become a hell, if you become the hell priest, you can see your husband again. You can bring him back because you have the power. Ooh. And she fucking takes the deal. Well, you would, wouldn't you? Kirsty becomes the new pinhead and dresses in white and she basically becomes, aka the novel's pinhead. Yep. Like, it, she is like, they're using that vibe. And I'm like, this is very cool. And this is what I thought, and this is what I think I'm wondering if the show will do this storyline. I mean, we've already seen the new Lady Pinhead in yes. the, the the reboot, and I was really hoping that that was going to be Kirsty. Do you remember? I was like, yes. "Oh my god, it's going to be Kirsty!" Is and I was so excited. And I you watched were, it. You were very excited. Um, anyway, it wasn't that. Anyway, she became she takes a deal and she becomes the new Hell Priest, and then and then like you know, she uh, it's it's a very cool scene of them becoming like Pinhead. Takes her to the engineer's place. He shaves her head. Gets it all do- happening kind of thing. Anyway, Pinner goes, all right, here's all your mates back. They'll be your gash. They come in and they're mutilated beyond recognition. Of course they, they are. They are fucked. Yes. She's like, this is what I wanted. And they're like, Kirsty, it's cool. I feel great. So much better than being here. Doesn't matter what I look like. We're together again. Yeah. And then, and Pinhead flies the coop. Becomes a human again. Fucking everything's great. Anyhow, um, and then we cut to a little time later and thinks time has passed. Tiffany now is running the Harrowers. Sure. So she is now running against Kirsty as main hell priest. And she has bought into the fold of the Harrowers fucking pinhead as who's Elliot Spencer now. Because Elliot Spencer was his original name before he became Pinhead. Yep. So she realized he is given, he has kept his memories and he has joined the gang to stop people coming into hell because he feels guilty for all the the shit that's happening. So he's joined the the Harrowers and they continue to destroy the puzzle boxes. Twist, 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 dun, dun, dun. Elliot isn't actually good. Oh, no. He turns evil. What? He turns on the harrowers. Uh, he gets super strength uh, from a new god. There is a new god in town, uh, which kind of has been like, you get the idea that he'd been talking to this new god, and this new god has offered him more power than he could have acquired in hell. Um. And, yeah, I know. Um, he gets super strength from the other god. And uh, he lets, uh, he let he, he, he cracks open hell. So from destroying the puzzle boxes, it actually has um, fucked over. It, them destroying them has made the gateway to hell really sketchy uh-huh. and, and volatile. So by destroying these final boxes, it rips a hole in reality, straight to hell, to the pit. As in, like, not to Leviathan's realm, but to hell. Yeah. He pulls everyone out of hell, all skinless and stuff that have been in the pit, into fucking, um, into India. Sure. He, he starts building an army on earth of everyone that's in hell. I know, it's getting there. It's doing the Joss Whedon thing, that when Joss Whedon... <laughs> started doing Buffy season eight in comics. Yeah. He realized 
that there was no budgetary constraints to the ideas you could have. So I just went ham on it. Yeah. So yep. yeah, this, don't get me wrong. This thing jumps the shark so many times, but it's so good as well and indulgent because you get so much of the hell lore. He starts building an army on Earth. Meanwhile, Kirsty's in hell. Um, in hell. Yep. Kirsty's Gash. Now be- she renames her Gash the Harrowers because <laughs> it's all ex-members of the Harrowers. Uh-huh. Um, they join up with the Cenobite Lady, a.k.a. Deep Throat, and like, it's great and, and to kill uh, Elliot Spencer. They're like, they realise what he's doing. They're like, fuck, man, he's ruining shit. He's like letting cunts out. He's like destroying India. And it's so good. This comic just counts India as not important. Like the world just doesn't care this is happening. Oh, God. It's just India. It's just the most populated country in the world. Um. Anyhow. <laughs> so this is great. Elliot gets enough fucking people out into his hell army. He then goes full Evangelion, end of Evangelion on this shit. He kickstarts the the new birth of the apocalypse of creation. Sure. He nukes India with a fucking hell cosmic blue blast that just basically turns everyone into fucking hell beasts on India. He then appears as a giant clear blue apparition above the world as big as the world. And li- AKA like Rayanami style in the end of Evangelion when they're recreating the universe. Sure. Do you know what the deep state does? No. So the deep state, uh. you know, we're all aware of the deep state, you know, the, 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 the shady governments. Do you know who they call in to solve this shit? Mm. Get me Harry Damore. Yes. <laughs> There's one man that can stop this. It's Harry, Harry Damore. Harry Um <laughs> Pinhead. Through the giant fucking hole he's pulled in the rift with his godly earthly powers, uses his powers to suck pulled Leviathan out of the ocean into the real world. So the the god of Leviathan now is on Earth in the middle of the fucking ocean. Like, uh-huh. Yep, 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 yep. Cool, 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 um, cool, cool. He's now bigger than the... He's getting, getting bigger. Um, Kirsty's like... Shit, like, you know, she's in hell still. She's still like, so she's running her gash in a nicer way. Yeah. She has, uh, she's letting people, like, when they come in, she, um, she's just nicer to them. She's trying to get, give them the choice. So she's trying to run it. She's allowed to run it however she wants. Yeah. Like, Pin, that was Pinhead's choice, how he ran that step. He was the hell priest, like, the order of the gash. As long as the people came in. But through his perversions of who he was, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, okay. Anyhow, Kirsty's like, shit's fucked. The hell's falling apart. I'm in charge. <laughs> Anyhow, Kirsty gets zapped to a room where she meets a milkman. Uh huh. A milkman. Yes. Who is Leviathan? Okay. Leviathan comes to you, he speaks to you in your, in your mind through, you know, visions and stuff. He And he always comes as a milkman. And I, I'm wondering if it's like the whole thing about milkmans. I have that thing that, like, you know, 
Milkmans are allowed in everyone's house. Milkmans are friendly. They know everyone. They have access to private, you know, like it's, it's that kind of 1950s thing. Yeah, yeah. Sure. They're like a weird breed of human that is allowed to do things that other people aren't allowed to do. Like the postman, like you mm. could have been represented by a postman or a milkman. I've seen milkman represented in lots of like weird kind of Grant Morrison kind of stories as yeah. well. It might be a thing. He's a milkman. Uh, <laughs> he meets up in her brain and he tells her that like, yeah, and he just starts giving her visions and stuff like that. Meanwhile, Harry Damore finds, um, through the help of kind of Leviathan as well, he and, and all sorts of shit, he finds out, he finds that when Elliot, uh, when Elliot Spencer was human the first time, he had, like, he was a fuckhead, and he had, he raped some person, and he had, like, that person had a child, so he's got, like, a, which was deformed and stuff like that. I can't remember how it went down. Uh, he's got a child from, you know, so there's this child out there, which is a product of rape and stuff like that. He, uh, he fucking gets this baby. He fucking gets the military to send, you know, um, uh, their battle boats to go out into the sea and to where Leviathan has come out and the giant Elliot Spencer is above it and stuff yep. like that. Um, this is all very like exciting. And then um, he holds up the child to fucking giant Elliot Spencer God and go and says, this is your kid or something like that. Um, and then Elliot smashes the child and... There's a lot of like psychological stuff happening here, but sure. that gives Leviathan an in because he kills his own bloodline or something like that, like or the it yeah it makes sense when I'm reading it. It's, sure, it's sure, 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 sure. That gives I'm Leviathan sure that an in and in to kill him, um, uh, an in to his mind or something like that. Like his 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 emotions are so frayed and shit that Leviathan can get back in there. And then he, it ends with him, because Elliot, Kirsty's already in this mind room. Yeah. He pulls Elliot Spencer in there, and it's called a mind prison sphere, and traps them in there together. The end. What? And I'm like, okay. Well, it's not, it's it's not, not the, the end. end. Yeah, so that's the first half of the story. Next comic was called The Road Below. Uh, 2012 was a four four issue part. It was done by Brandon Brandon Sierfert. Sierfert. Um, this is kind of like just a story about like, and it's Kirsty uh, running hell as a hell priest. I love this kind of story. It doesn't a hundred percent work, mm-hmm. um, but it does introduce the idea more heavily of the sigils. That can uh, so this story is the introduction of the sigils that can tr- you can write, put on the ground and trap a centibite in, it. and it's about someone trapping her in a, in that in one of them her own game. Sure. Uh, and basically, uh, and then there's like a, 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 someone traps her and goes like, "Yeah, you're a fuckhead," uh, and they want her to kill someone for them or something like that kind of thing they've trapped her and i i from what i see it's nightbreed they want okay. them to kill some nightbreed uh which is all coming into the nightbreed kind of thing yep uh and 
Yeah, and that's all that's about, kind of thing. She gets out of the sigil, shit goes down. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. It's sure, okay. Sure. Um, it does have the great starting though, where like, yeah, yeah, it's just a good one, and it's just a one-off story. It's fine. It, I, I wouldn't count it as canon, but you kind of have to because it, it's the the introduction of the sigils. Next, Hellraiser, The Dark Watch. This is from 2013 to 14. The last one was 2012, so it's set before it. But, like, yeah, it was kind of happening at the same time the first story was happening. That one I was the same with, like, him. So it's kind of a bit, a bit doesn't quite make sense, but it does. Just sure. take what you want from it. It's it's comics. So, yeah, one, The Dark Watch, 2013 2014, 12-issue run, written by Clive Barker and... The um and uh Brandon, the same guy. Seifert. Yeah, so this is the guy who's kind of like when I said Clive Barker and mates, he did like the, the first half as well. Yeah, sure. So this one starts. Um so we don't know what has happened since like okay. Kirsty has been trapped in this mind sphere. It starts opening. Harry Damore is now the hell priest of hell. Yep, he's the new hell priest. Okay. Um, Kirsty and Elliot Spencer are still trapped in the sphere together. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And this is great. So it, it's represented like they are reliving m- memories, or of them, both their memories of their human past, over and over again. Apart from they play both roles in it, no matter who who's in it. So there's there's memories where they are lovers. Oh. And then and but then they kind of like start to remember each time. And each time they remember that they're in a memory, it goes to a new one and then they relive a new memory. So they're trapped in a memory sphere. Oh, gosh. It's like yep. a prison. Sure. It's like a part of hell kind of thing. Harry Damore knows this. He is one that I... Leviathan has started to give the new Cenobites the memories of their old past. And no one knows why. Leviathan has a plan. He is instigating all these things. He had a plan. He knew Elliot would get out and do this shit. Sure. He has a plan. He's always got a plan because he's full of order. It's all part of the plan. <laughs> um, yeah. So Tiffany and the new gang of Harrowers are still fucking destroying puzzle boxes <laughs> after all that shit. Sure. Um, so Damore... So she knows Harry Damore. Everyone knows Harry Damore. Yes. Damore comes to her as the new Cenobite and goes, Harry, Harry, Cenobite, she has a lot of fire. What the fuck, can't? He, goes, he gives her a special box that can open and will only pull him out to her. Um. So if she needs to talk to him, it's like a... Sure. The like walkie-talkie a, 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 yeah. that goes one way. He's there still going like, you know, I still have to do my job in hell, but I'm on the inside taking them down. Like, I'm, mm. I'm trying to, you know... Do it the right way. And he goes, there's something in hell. There's things in there. He knows about Kirsty trapped in the thing, which they, uh, but he's like, I can't get them. He's thinking about, I can't fuck with that because, like, that's Leviathan's thing. I don't want that to happen. I'll bide my time. Yeah, sure. And so he's, like, kind of recruits Tiffany to be his eyes on Earth to check out what's happening on Earth kind of thing, and report back to him. So she can call him at any time and tell him what's going on. He, he won't fuck with her. Um, as, as as shit goes on, Damore's getting more clues and shit, and he finds out that, like, fuck, there's different layers to hell. 
like this labyrinth and the pit aren't just it. There's a layer beneath our layer. And he's like, why the fuck aren't we told this shit? Yeah. Like, why are we kept in the dark so much? And because him being the detective, he can't let that shit go. So he keeps on underhandedly investigating hell and the weird shit as, and still working as the hell priest. Um, but then Tiffany and her fucking gang of harrowers decide they're going to kill Damore because they're still under the repression. Look, mate, you've got a, a, we can call him here and we can kill him and that would solve everything. Not realizing that the, the, the hell priest isn't that big a deal for hell. Yeah. Uh, there's way more happening. Um, anyhow. So, at the same time, there has been this guy captured um, who opened the box at the start of this story. I forgot to mention this. He got pulled into hell. And he knows kind of, you know, what's happening. He knows too much. And he's weirded out that, like, no one's here to pull me into hell. And they just come in. There's a real amazing shot of, like, Deep throat, just he walks into hell by himself. Goes, what the fuck's going on? Why aren't like, yeah. why aren't there any hell priests here to meet me and shit? And like, deep throat just comes out and he just goes, hello. <laughs> like, there's a whole fan of her just going, hello. <laughs> and she goes, oh yeah, now that like Harry Moore's in charge here, it's a lot, lot different. You don't have to like, we we give people the choice to come in. If they don't walk in, they don't they don't come in. We don't, no one's forced to come in anymore. And all this shit. And he gets taken down. He wants to be in hell. And yeah, in, in the end, he ends up being like kind of a, a double agent for this underlayer of hell. Yeah, right. Which is called, which is run by another god. Um, am I getting ahead of myself? I'm going to start reading my notes. Well, anyhow, they decide that they're going to kill Harry Moore because they don't trust him. Um, and then these new demons from start to fucking attack hell. Um... It's called, it's called the Glyph of Solute. Solu, 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 oh, what's that, Matt? S-O-L-U-T-N-T. Solitant. Yeah. Um, they break into hell. So a fucking war starts happening in hell. Like the guy who went in there as a sleeper agent opens a door up between uh, this hell and their hell. Their minions pour in and their minions are like bugs with human faces. <laughs> Um, yeah, and it's fucking weird. (laughs) (laughs) That's so succinct. Uh, the, the bugs, like, they come in and start killing Cenobites, left, right, and center. They're a lot stronger. They're big. They're fucking powerful. They come from a, a a world that doesn't have flaws. They all fly. So that's where they had, like, the advantage over the Cenobites. They kill so many Cenobites that they create in the bodies of the Cenobites a glyph of solutent around Leviathan. So he is then powerless in hell to do his shit. Um, But then Tiffany and her gang come to hell with their hallowed weapons and their talisman. So they have talisman that can stop demons. Um, And no, that stop... Yeah, demons. So they can't get hurt by the new demons. So sure. they're the only thing that can stop the de- They kick ass and kick all the asses of the demons. Brilliant. They, they can't be hurt and they've got the, the special weapons that the fucking goddess gave them. So they kick the demons' ass back to their hell. And like, yay. Uh, 
then Tiffany finds out from Damore that Kirsty, her surrogate mother, is because like yeah, Kirsty also adopted Tiffany at the end of Hellraiser two and, and raised it as her child. Yes, uh, is being and Kirsty has been held as a prisoner in a mine prison in Hell, and she's like, "What the fuck, Harry? Why didn't you let him out?" He goes, I, "There's something I couldn't." Yeah, I'm playing the fucking the COVID game. You got to play the long game. So Tiffany decides to save Kirsty. Uh, Tiffany frees Kirsty and Spencer. From this mind hell, uh, which is a sphere, she lets them out, and that was the key that the other hell wanted to happen. So Leviathan had their, them in there for a reason. Yeah. Um, Elliot Spencer then goes, <laughs> cunts, gives them all the fingers, and goes, <laughs> "I'm going down." So the the power he got was from the god from this under hell in the first in the first book. He goes, gives them all the finger and goes, I'm going down to the other hell to get better fucking powers. Damn. He goes down and that into the new level of hell, which is run. Um, he becomes the high priest for Abaddon, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, which uh, is the god like Leviathan. But he, um, they give him bottomless pit powers, which is like he just turns into a giant flying bug with his face. Uh-huh, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. And then every person in hell turns into into the Abaddon's pit. They all turn into him as well. So they've all got his face. <laughs> Wicked. Oh, my sure. God, sure. Abaddon's army, again, invades hell because the, 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 the portal is still open. Um, Through the whole... Like that Elliot made in the last... No, no. So they come in through the hole, which hasn't been closed in India. Yep. And then back into hell. Uh, you know what I mean? So it's yep, all trying sure. to get... It's very. It's confusing, but it makes sense. Yes. He, which is through the hole that Elliot made in the last story through the cosmic rebirth. So that got, God kind of made it, like, let him do that to create this opening. Yep, sure. So everyone's getting played. It's really cool. Um, And then... um. So that's all happening. Tiffany, uh, so Kirsty is kind of now not a Cenobite anymore. She has had all her nails remo- removed at some stage. Tiffany rocks up in the battle. Like, so there's a big fucking battle. Everyone's fighting. Damore's fighting. He's got a skeleton horse. Yes. Fucking Tiffany's fighting. Um, Kirsty's fighting. The Cenobites are fighting. The s- different people have like, Different talismans, so certain things can like. There's all these kind of cool, kind of death notey rules of sure. shit that they play to beat stuff, and it makes sense. Like you know, stuff like I've got a talisman, you can't get me, but I'll throw my talisman off, so then you can get into this. You know, all shit like that. Yeah, I'll draw you to a sigil, so you can't. You know, shit like that. It's all going down. The Harrowers are fighting. Fucking hell's on the side of the Harrowers now. So the Harrowers joins the Cenobites to fight the new demons, the Bug Demons. Oh, gosh. It's wicked. Oh, gosh. Tiffany rocks up in the fucking the 11th hour, and she has become the new... She has become a Cenobite because she, she needed power, and Leviathan came to her and goes, I'll give you fucking power. But did Leviathan not have power because they put a sol- solutant glyph around him? Yeah, but who knows? But he went came in her mind. Came in her mind? Wow. Like, you know? Sure, sure, sure. Okay, okay. Don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. Um, so one of the rules is, is what you're not allowed to do is open the box in hell. Okay. You can't open it. You can only close it. They take them back and it shows them all the films that they closed the box. Opening the box in hell is a bad idea. Kirsty opens the box in hell. Of course she does. And it transports her 
to a, a being, uh, um, fucking some, some being, I some think it's place. a goddess. It might be, it might be the goddess lady. It's not, it's a weird fucking being, which I never wear it was and gives her a ball of guts as in gore and goes, here, take this as your weapon. And she's just like, it's so good. She's like, what the fuck, man? Just give me something. That works. Tell me what's going on. Who are you? Who the fuck are they? What's going on? And they're yeah. like, you all speak in such riddles. Mm. And he's like, you know what to do at the time. And she's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, this is great. Like, just okay. laying down like that. Anyhow, sends her back with the ball of guts. <laughs> um, And he warps her back. And Elliot Spencer, this fucking... No, so then Leviathan grabs Kirsty and Elliot Spencer away, warps them away to have a chat while he's, like, fucking stuck in this, this glyph. Yep. Like, in his mind, pres- in, a, in his own place where he is the milkman. And even at one stage, Elliot Spencer goes, Leviathan's a milkman? That'd be fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and he comes here. Leviathan says to them, if, you know, if you guys work together... The whole point of this is not to be fucking fighting each other. It's to work together to close the portal. Um, and you have had the opportunity to do this the entire time I've kept you in prison and none of you have done it. Yeah. That was the whole point. You were supposed to work your shit out and then close the portal. You didn't do it. You got let out. Shit went to shit. Now That's the I'm whole reason in. I kept you in there because you were the only ones that could close it because you fucking opened it. And you're the other bitch. <laughs> or whatever. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. Um, so as this is happening, they kind of get their shit together. The ball of guts opens up, goes and splits itself over the portal, and closes the portal. Sick. <laughs> sure. Yay. Okay. Elliot Spencer chooses to become Pinhead again. He's like, you know what? It wasn't that bad a job. <laughs> I looked like a bug for a while. It was kind of cool, but you know, I had those pincers. I couldn't go to the toilet. No, you're going to pincer your penis. So Leviathan had this planned out from the start. Um, he refuses to come in again as long as he gets a raise and a promotion. So more power and something to do, basically. Basically a raise and a promotion. Yeah. Kirsty gets everyone... Um, Kirsty's thing is like if I fucking you know if I do this thing like they all have conditions yeah if I close the portal I want something she gets I want everybody all my friends my 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 harrowers and my boyfriend back out of hell back to normal yeah and out of hell boom goes in there like you know they're all happy great they're all out that's a nice little Yay, chapter pinhead comes out he goes look I'm pinhead again. And then he just kills Kirsty's husband to be a cunt. <laughs> right there and then. Oh, fuck. Ready? End. Oh. My God. Did both of these, like, in the second story, the government just ignores. Like, they they have at the start that, like, okay, they explain that India's gone through, you just see one little, like, uh, news report Oh, uh, the phenomenon that uh, everyone thought that was happening was actually a movie getting filmed. (laughs) 
But like, how do you explain India has gone? Yeah, India's not there <laughs> anymore. But the film will be released so in twenty twenty. Both the comics, apart from in great lore in them, had the worst endings I have ever like seen. Like the first one was just like, it ended. Like sure. the first one was like, you're, yep, like, like we beat you. You're trapped in a mind thing. The end. The last one was just like, hey guys, I'm Leviathan. I had this whole thing planned. I see the future. Everything you've done is what I wanted to do. Therefore, nothing mattered. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, so that was a bad ending. And status quo's return with Pinhead just being yeah. like back to Pinhead. Yeah, but now he's got a promotion and a race. Promotion and a race. So he's got a bit more like, like so he just gives him more power. Sometimes kind of that's all you which want. Which is what he wanted in the end. Yeah. And he didn't. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, they, Oh, fuck. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I got to the end of it. And I'm like, that's it. I loved that journey. The journey in the Pozo's comic series is amazing. Like, I loved seeing Damore Hellpriest. I love... And he's got... Because he's a detective, he has his eye... A, a, a magna, uh, what is it? Magnifying glass, like, wedged into his eye. So he's got yes. one gigantic eye. I love that. And I, I love, like... I love the idea of people becoming their hell priest all the time and swapping jobs. I would love that to see that in the, the show. Yeah. Like, um, and the next one I read was two, uh, uh, Hellraiser Beastery, 2014, the, uh, six issue mini series, just, just a bunch of st- uh, short stories. Um, yeah. not, they're not written by Clark Parker. It's just another kind of add on. Had some cool ones. It was like, one of them was like, uh, like some goons use uh, the sigil to bring Pinhead out and then they pull all his nails out because the Vatican offers anyone a million dollars for every nail from Pinhead's head. So they pull all his things out and apparently that's where his power is. And sure. eventually Pinhead like is the main character and he crawls bloodily to the Vatican and then gets them all back and kills the Vatican and the peace people. That's the end. But yeah, it's a very like... Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then I looked into it and discovered the Hellraiser video game. Ah, uh, yes. Have you heard of this? I have heard of this. This is such a crazy story. So there, were, there was a game called Super 3D Noah's Ark. It's known as like a, a weird thing. It's a Bible thing. Uh, like it's basically Wolfenstein, but like you're supposed to be Noah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that began as a Hellraiser license for the uh, Nintendo Entertainment System, but eventually the team of who like got the license abandoned the idea of doing it as a Hellraiser game, and because they didn't like the idea of it being in hell, and then converted it to the simplistic Bible-based game. For, why the fuck would a, a a Bible company hire some people to make a game based? on the Hellraiser franchise and buy the IP for it for like $50,000. They bought the IP. Isn't that a boggling like thing? Yeah, that's strange. I think that um, the Hellraiser could actually work quite well as a video game, but I know that um, Pinhead is currently in the... Clive done a bunch of video games. Yeah, right. He did one. um, What was it called? What was it called? Because I know that Pinhead is... Or has done a stint in the Dead by Daylight series, which has been quite a popular... Oh, one of the monsters? Yeah. That would be a cool one. What do you mm-hmm. have to do? Stop people from getting into the box? I guess so. Yeah. I can't remember. Anyhow, conclusion. So the lore. The lore of it. 
the novels are their own universe, which we've established. Uh, but they do... But the, the comics take elements of the novels into it, e.g. stuff like Nora's character, Pinhead's plans, kind of, to up... To, uh, it's always about Pinhead fucking over hell, I've noticed. Like, yeah. He gets, he gets bored of his... He just his, doesn't like his job. Well, he does, though. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, he just wants more. He's discovered all, all the pleasures. Um, it's, but the best reference for all of Hellraiser, if you ever want to learn about it, is the Books of the Damned. They are easily the best. There is four of them. They give you the most amount of Hellraiser lore mm. in those four books. Okay. Like you could ever imagine. Like they are, they are everything. Uh, they go into, uh, I, I don't know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not even going to get, get into it, but like, because there's not enough time. Um, right. So they get into, you know, all, like, you know, all about the Cenobites. They get into stuff like the engineer, more about the engineer. There, there's a whole thing I didn't mention called Johnny John's story, which is like. Is that like Big John, Little John? I wish it was. <laughs> um, you know, they get into the hell, right? It get, gives you a, a detailed things of all the Harrow's magic weapons, uh, the sigil, like, talismans and stuff like that. Um, read those books. Like they're great. They're not even books. They're like they're like dossiers of like as if as if the whole lore is true and all the fucking shit people have collected over the years yeah. to prove it. Which I like that. Yeah, I, I always like that. Like that. Well. Um, There's a big old book coming out very soon, or is out now, right? About- no, uh, yeah, it's not out yet. But uh, yeah, yeah, there is a big Hellraiser lore book coming out. I'm getting into Greenlight Comics when we get. It. I'm actually waiting and getting it from one. I'm not getting it from. Diamond distributors because they yep. are charging so much yeah. money. So I'm just getting it from my other distributor, which will be va- it'll be like forty dollars cheaper. Yeah, it's very surprising. Yeah, I'm waiting for that one because I will be getting that in. So if you're a listener of this and you've gotten this far into the podcast, if you want to order that, come in and pre-order it from Greenlight Comics. We can do that. Um. So yeah, the films they uh so that was a law. The films created their own canon universe. And then didn't stick to it, <laughs> that kind of thing. Unfortunately, the first two films are they're the only ones done by Barker, so they're the only ones that I consider lore sure. kind of thing. As, but it is spattered. It's not a solid canon universe of lore, but like you take, I kind of like if any if, if Barker's been involved heavily with one part of it and it has something in it, and then that gets used again somewhere else. I consider that kind of lore. Yeah, sure. It's weird because there'll be those arguments. I mean, I'm wrong. I might be wrong. As I said, this episode is about what I've learned and yeah, what I no, think. No, no, and it's I fine. Know. It's, it's this everything's subjective. Yeah, this isn't etched in stone. There's always going to be someone out there who thinks or claims or probably do does no more, but that's fine. Mm. So the ca- the comics they can count the first two films as canon. And most of the Hellraiser lore comes from the comics and the Book of the Damned. Most of yep. it comes from the Book of the Damned, um, which is like clearly the people who really wanted to write a good comic, they read the Book of the Damned and they're like, cool, cool, cool. Um, but every finale in every comic was the shittest thing I have ever written. Uh, sure. I mean, I, my, I suppose the first one's okay that it continues on, but their explanation that it was just a film and like the world just goes, okay. <laughs> Well, India, never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't Some, matter. Somewhere. Uh, yeah, I, and I found like the comics sometimes gave the creators too much freedom and they jumped the shark. Yeah. Like some of like, I mean, I mean, but I do love Harry Damore. And as, as stupid as him becoming a hell priest and being a detective in hell, it's still just that sentence is so alluring. 
<laughs> well, yeah, you'd, I would watch something like that. I'd, like, said, I'd watch if, an animated if, series like that. If they said, if they said, oh, new Hellraiser TV show is coming out and Harry Damore becomes the new Hell Priest and, yeah, investigates Hell from the inside, I'm like, fuck yes. Done. Sign me up. Inject that shit straight into my heroin vein. What would you, so what would your ultimate goal be for the TV series? My ultimate goal to the TV series would be... Um, Main character, either I mean, Kirsty would be a nice main character. Yes. My ultimate goal would be Tiffany as a main character, uh, Kirsty being running hell. Yep. Um, and then we get the background as the show goes on of how that happened. Okay. And then the fall of Pinhead, like that, right? You know, it doesn't have to be. And then it ends with like jumping the shark completely with Pinhead. <laughs> and then the end of the Scarlet Gospels, I want at yep. the end of the TV show. I want Harry Damore. I want the Harrowers in it. Um, I want all that shit. Like, basically, I want the Harrowers. I want, I want Tiffany. I want Kirsty being the Hell Priest, and I want Pinhead revolting against Hell in some way and fucking it over. Yep. Okay. And I and I want Harry Damore um, in it the whole time. Also, began. I want that. Yeah. Yep. <coughs> That's one. There are there is more things I didn't talk about. Number one, I didn't talk about any merchandising. I didn't talk about any of these how the films were made. That wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, yeah, the, like the whole thing is the books, the comics feed off of each other. Hell, Hellraiser goes to the raddest, darkest places in horror, and also the most flamboyant parody, almost of itself. <laughs> like, yep, I love it, but I also find myself cringing all the time, like at so many things, like India. And stuff like that, like, um, yeah, I, yeah, sometimes so and stuff. But that's it. That's, that's it. the end. You I don't actually even know if I achieved what I wanted to do. <laughs> I think you did in a way. I think like you were. Do you, you feel like you been... know the Hellraiser story now? I definitely. So if you were watching the TV show, you would be like, oh yes, yeah, that's what I want. If I definitely. I mean, I've got my own ideas. I'd very much like to see more of an anthology, which, you know, I'm not huge on anthologies. But there's been so much anthologies I done know. within the films and the comics. I would rather just see a fucking solid and, and you know, even more of a, even an add-on to the lore mm. of it. If it's done by Barker, it counts. Yeah, well, I'd like to investigate to more of these boxes, more of these, like, you know, you I, know like, I know they're obviously going to bring, they will obviously bring back Pinhead in some way or another because that is the draw card. But I would very much like to see them sort of step out of that. Yeah. I know that's like the main crux of the whole franchise and well, the, the whole way thing, they can do that but... is to have Kirsty as the Hell yeah. Priest and have Pinhead Doug Bradley just playing Elliot Spencer, which would be cool. Yeah, and him coming back in and out of like being there. And like, who do you get to play Harry Damore? I mean, like, you need a fucking gnarled kind of like. Dude who's seen it all, he's tattooed all over his body. But he has to kind of have a, he has to be like a dark and handsome jaw mm-hmm. man. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He has to be able to like, he has to be able to drink a bottle of whiskey. How old and, is Harry Damore, do you reckon? I reckon he'd be into his 50s. Okay. Well, you're going to look up an actor you reckon should be him? Yep. It's hard though with Kirsty. Like, I feel maybe the actress could play her now. I'm not sure how old she is. She'd be up there though. I, I, it wouldn't bother me if they recast people. You know what I yeah. mean? I mean, I guess they'd have to. Yeah. But I would love to see Kirsty as the Hell Priest because it happened in the lore and uh, in, in my my in the story of the comics. Yeah. And I was so excited. I thought the new 
reboot was going to be that. And it wasn't. I'm going to. I didn't know this. it was a reboot until I, I didn't even know it was a reboot until I read it was a reboot. When I finished the film, it didn't even feel like a reboot. It just felt like a story. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> I'm look. I'm going to ponder because I think that I might have an idea, but I'm trying to like get the face in my in my brain. But yeah, I'm going to recast. What about Harry Demore? What about Carl Urban? <laughs> no, it could just be like, what are you cunts? Want in hell. Well, I always imagine uh, Demore as like Constantine. So, you know, yeah. the guy who played Constantine in the TV show? Like that kind of actor. Like that dude, like kind of thing. Covered in sigils, tattoos, shit you don't understand. He's gnarled through it. I want him to have scars all over him because he's a war torn battle vet. And we don't even have to like get his backstory. We can just assume. No, you don't necessarily you need you a backstory. They're probably going to end up getting someone like. Um, I don't know. They probably pull out a Hemsworth or something. Get yeah. that Taron Egerton. Ooh, well, yeah, why not? Yeah, but someone like that. They won't get a Hemsworth. No, he's too good. He is too good. They'll probably find someone's perfect. I'm gonna think about it, and I'm gonna be like this guy. Cavell, Cavill. Yeah, bring him back. I mean, we've seen him. Like, he can do a gnarled kind of dude. He can. Yeah, he'd be a good Demore with a mustache. Ooh. They never mentioned Demore's ever had a mustache, but I'll let that go. Or maybe you can have a moustache and they can CG it out. Or they could get that, um, is it Harry Dean Stanton? Yeah, maybe. He could possibly do it. Don't All right. Know. That's know. the end. So I hope you guys, uh, you listeners, got know a little bit more about the Hellraiser universe now. And then when you're watching the show, you can be like, if you see any of these harrowed weapons or the goddesses or the talismans or... The rules that I've mentioned that have gone along the way, or even maybe any of the Cenobites. Like, there's no reason to invent new Cenobites. There is no reason. Like, um, I mean, the new ones in the films were great, and they could have been, yeah, but like, use Clown, use Hunger, I use Alabaster. I want to see Clown. Use, like, Spike again. He's a hilarious one. Yeah. Bring that on. So. Well, great. I mean, would you? You've done a lot of talking. Would you like me to do the sign off today? Yeah, I've got a sore throat. <laughs> okay. Um, before we sign off, I definitely want to take a moment to thank our listeners for interacting with us in one way or another over the past fortnight. Once again, I didn't write you down because I'm kind of lazy. They're in the notes. I yeah, but they're old. Oh no. Yeah. So thank you. You know who you are. You're awesome. We love you. Um, and you have been listening to Jerovision Horror Podcast with Dan and Jennifer. We are available on all major podcasting services, so please make sure to hit the like button, subscribe, leave a comment, make sure you share it with all your friends. Um, you can interact with us on Facebook and Instagram at Terrorvision Pod, which will keep you up to date on upcoming episodes. And remember, guys, be kind, rewind. <laughs>